I beat a man half to death in Houston for calling me yellow. That's right. And I'll tell you something else, too. When I was just a kid, I used to take legs and bite them off of grasshoppers and eat them. And you know what my daddy used to tell me? He'd say, Terry, he says, why do you do that stuff? I said, just for the hell of it, Dad. The match in Philly, they have the match in Jersey. Um, that's they wrestle in uh, MLW, I think, in Florida. Yes, yeah. The O three tour is great. I guess we should talk about. We should do the show. <laughs> yeah, we should do the show, and then because right. we'll get to those matches eventually. We got to do the fucking free P- like the only match that anyone has ever cared about from free PW. Yeah, what a thing, it is man. the big three PW match. It's Meanie's greatest opus. It's the greatest gift the Blue Meanie ever gave to the world. Um, welcome to Wrestling Is Gross. My name is Bucky. My name is Siobhan. And it's episode. 84. 84. Hell yeah. That's right. Um, hell of a year. Uh, 1984. Oh, God, we cannot so start this way. <laughs> uh, I love the Bowie version of that song. Nobody talks about that song. The, the Bowie version of 1984. That but the Peter weird. Schilling version of Major Tom. That's a, I guess it's not the name of the song. <laughs> I guess Major Tom is his own song. Yeah, right. right. No, of course. Um, that we were talking about that before, so um, that is a good song though. Peter Schilling, Major Tom, um, "Ashes to Ashes," also good song. Yeah. Um, we're here, folks, and this is the worst intro we've ever done. Um, but this well, is uh, the uh, oh, Lawler match it mo free. Uh, <laughs> you know, Jasmine St. Clair's given a lot of gifts to a lot of people, but she's back, dude. Sh- they flew her out to Japan for. Uh, <laughs> For, to fucking to, like manage to Necro. fuck forty guys or well, oh to I manage mean, Necro okay I mean I'm she might have fucked Necro and Pondo probably not oh. Akira though yeah Akira and Remington Roar there in Japan with Necro and Pondo isn't that isn't that great that's very uh, funny yeah um, welcome folks it's uh it's it's Terry Funk week we're gonna do Terry Funk uh from the eighties we're we're gonna do our we're gonna begin our very long project where we're gonna do a Terry Funk match from every single year yeah um, that we have footage available f- from him it was uh, according to Striga's website cagematch.net cagematch.de he had a fifty two year long career which sounds about right it does but also it's, I think he did a little more than that. I don't know. I don't know if Striga. <laughs> it's weird because it just feels like like somehow that feels like he got into the business later than it. Even if he died like, at seventy nine, but he retired a few years ago, which is he, yeah. His last match was in twenty seventeen. Yeah. So Terry Funk uh, died, as as we know, last yes. month um, at the age of seventy nine, and uh, he's the greatest wrestler of all time. Yep. As we've said many times, um, he's probably my favorite wrestler of all time. He was uh, 79 years old, died August 23rd. His birth name is Terry D. Funk. 
like de-rhythm, defunk. So keep I, that in mind. We'll need to I would remember that later. The D is for Dorrance, but I it, don't know. It says D E E. Jeepers! His middle name is D. It also says one of his ring names was Doctor Knows It All. So, I'm not sure. What That's that fucking is. great. <laughs> uh, son of Dory Funk Senior, younger brother, much younger brother of Dory Funk Junior, who is I'm of course old. A still alive. Dorrance Ernest Funk Junior. Um, who uh, is the oldest man alive? <laughs> yes, he is. yes, he's fucking old. That is his famous quote. I'm fucking. I old. can't. I oh, I had an idea uh, that Dory wouldn't have done. Unfortunately, <laughs> Rob Black should have brought him in in XPW and given him a Max Hardcore gimmick. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Just this gross old man with like all these ring, like all these like valets dressed as like like twelve year olds. That's Who great. Love that? That's... It's a it's a great bad idea. Yeah, it's a great bad idea. You said it. You definitely did say that. Um, all right. So the West Texas State uh, University or West Texas A and M, yeah, as it's now known. Um, how many how many f- players from their football team can you name? <laughs> Fucking Tully, Tito, Terry, um, Brody. Did Stan play there? I'm looking. I'm trying to find the full list. I can't believe I can't find it. Uh, Dusty. Dusty. Uh, obviously. I was looking. Yeah, Stan Hansen. Murdoch? Manny Fernandez. I forgot fucking Manny. Yeah. Hell yeah. Brody. I don't see, Mur- I don't see Murdoch. Yeah, Murdoch. There's Murdoch. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's go. basically... Uh, <laughs> I genuinely... Barry Wyndham. Do- Bobby Duncombe Sr. If I... Like, genuinely, if I could Bobby ever Duncombe find a... If I could ever find a way to write, or like, a a wrestling book or something and i would try to write it about like the, about like west texas the west texas state football I'm just program by it dude it's like <laughs> it's so I'm, strange it kind of should be where the pro wrestling hall of fame is if oh, like absolutely. such a thing existed independent of wwe and anybody gave a shit i don't know when they became west texas a&m that's weird yeah i never i never think of them as part of a&m but um, Especially I had a bunch of friends who went to A and M, like the oh you know, man, proper. So did you? Uh, did anybody join the core cadets or whatever? Um, you know, I lost touch with all those people, so I would just have to say probably, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> probably. Um, knowing my friends, um, probably no. no West Texas State. Um, Terry Funk was. Uh, what do we say about Terry Funk? He's the greatest wrestler of all time. Great punches. Um, he used to do like a backflip off the top of the floor, even though he was like 50 something years old, you know, all this, we, everybody knows Terry Funk. Um, it's, it's somebody that we probably, we weren't even going to do an episode specifically for him after he died, but we always, this was your idea to do a Terry yeah. from every year, Terry for every year. And I've got our list of the six matches that we've covered. Well, the six, well, I <laughs> say six matches, the, you know, nine matches we've covered, uh, with Terry in them, which spans, I believe, seven different episodes. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah. So 1977, we watched Terry and his much older brother, Dory Funk Jr., versus The Sheik and Abdullah the Butcher from All Japan Pro Wrestling. I believe that's from December. Yeah, um, uh, the tag league. Uh... Yeah. And that's a match that they would have rematches of in 78 and 79. And apparently a really good uh, Tor Kamada and... 
Abby versus Terry and Dory happened in 80 when the Sheik didn't come back. I can fuck with that. <laughs> Did yeah. you see on Segunda Kaeda they talked about uh, Abby and Kamala versus Terry and Dory from 1990, All Japan? That probably rules. It looks good, and I saved it. It's a really high-quality video, too. Um, and it's a, that, apparently a very forky match. It, that's Jim Harris, uh, not Botswana Beast, whose name I don't remember. George, oh, yeah, I, I, never, I never know which Kamala's which, honestly. Yeah. I mean, when I'm watching them, I can usually... Yeah, like, cause the Botswana Beast, uh, that dude, it, what was he in, I think he was Uganda or something like that in uh, in his weird ECW you run. you be kidding me. Yeah, uh, that guy, yeah, he is, like, bigger than uh, Jim Harris, but... So it's, like, fun to have them together because they do – because it's, it, it's like, demolition almost. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is that – so is he Kamala 2? Is that – Yeah. Or, or like okay. – Yeah, giant Kamala 2. Giant Kamala 2. Okay. <laughs> you can uh, – K-I-M-A-L-A. Exactly. That usually? was what I was going to say. Yeah. Jim Harris, Kamala, K-A-M. K-A. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, other guy, Botswana Beast, K-I-M, Georgia Kamala, and uh, – Mississippi Kamala. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's been your Kamala primer. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, Kamala Harris is the vice president of the United States of America. Unrelated. Um, but a but a true boss bitch, I hear. Um, from, from, what, from what I understand. Well, I don't think we've ever had an executive uh, in the in, of the United States who did more pills, which is really cool in a way. That's definitely true. Um, I think it's also notable um, that she's the first ever vice president to serve cunt. Um, from 1982, we did The Destroyer, Jerry Blackwell, and Ron Bass versus Terry Funk, Jumbo Saruto, and Tenru Genichiro, um, which is an absurd match and is, I think, actually the first Terry match that we ever covered in the show. I think it is, yeah. Because it was right after The Destroyer died, and uh, it was Recipe like, stick. It was one of the, like, The Destroyer matches to pick, or, you know, there was, like, so obvious. We picked that one just to have a little flavor and to have, like, a match that wasn't just a one-on-one. Yeah. Um, and also, that was very early on in the show. It's such a collection of guys. Yeah. That's like, the great... Ron Bass is the worst guy there. And I'm like, I can fuck with Oh, Ron but Bass. it's like, you know, you get to see Ron Bass in a scenario where, you, like, with a bunch of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah, it's a lot you of You often fun. don't see Ron Bass surrounded by that much talent. No, no. Not to say Ron Bass isn't good. Ron Bass is good. Yeah, he's all right. Ron Bass um, Jr., I wish could get more bookings because that, that is one fat guy. Yeah, he's huge. He's got a great uh, body shape. Yeah. Um, so from 1993, we jump ahead um, with uh, we had Connor on for our Onita or for our FMW Explosion match. For what? <laughs> Hello. Uh, that's Connor's voice. He's um, from Scotland. He's from Scotland. He's, good, he's a good boy. Um, they uh, th- that was versus Onita, FMW. It was. N- was it just – it was May 5th and we decided to It was to May do 5th, it? Kawasaki Stadium. Yeah, that yeah. was the – But it wasn't of... like the anniversary or anything. No. No, okay. no. Yeah, the anniversary – It was of... like a significant number. But yeah, we, it... we're now in the 30 – it's been 30 years now. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was – I don't know exactly why. I just wanted to do it. Oh, and yeah. We're I mean, like, that it... sounds like a great idea. And well, we we, that was, that's like the 12th episode of the show. Yeah. Um, and we we really were figuring it out and we were we were – you know, we would front load some big stuff then because we were like, we didn't know if we'd be doing this four years later or whatever. So, um, you, you you have an infinite amount of matches to, to do. Um, but, you know, 
let's do the let's do some of the main ones. It's like what we're doing today. We're hitting some big ones. Yeah. Um, for the uh, 25th anniversary of King of the Death Matches, IWA Japan, we had Alex Worldwide Keller on, and that episode is fucking great. Um, I listened to it about six months ago, and it's very funny. We are all extremely delirious for that one. Oh, God, we were recording very late. That's a great, great episode. Uh, uh, people, Kawasaki Dreaming. Dreaming. Yeah. Um, so, shouts out to Worldwide. And we also uh, did... His matches for, uh, for that show. Oh, say are... the matches, because he did three matches, right. Uh, Shoji Nakamaki? <laughs> Sounds no, I don't know. Is that right? I don't think well, obviously. You... Obviously, the uh, the main event, the tournament finals, Ember Skeks. I thought Jack. Cactus beat Nakamaki in the in the semi. I don't freaking remember <laughs> off the top of my head, honestly. <laughs> well, it's one of the most famous shows of all time. Yeah, um, and in the in the final, he beats Cactus Jack or loses to Cactus Jack, and Cactus Jack is the king of the death matches, the first ever, as far as we could tell. Yes. Um, and then we also did. I do a Japan offer on the dome. What was that? What was that show called? Oh, um, the fucking bridge of dream, uh, show. Yeah. Okay. Presented by, uh, Tokyo sports magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was like the head hunters and, uh, leather faces in there. (laughs) Somebody else. I forget. Nakamaki. Nakamaki. There you go. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and so that was 95. And then in 2000, we've done from Super Brawl, um, I believe, it, is it a bull rope match with Dustin? It's a, it's a bull rope match, but it, a bull rope I quit match where oh, right. none, none of the stipulations really matter. Oh, right. Uh, it's just about like people throwing raw chickens at each other in the bill. Oh, that's the match where they throw the chickens. Yeah, oh, that match God. is fucking That match fucking rules. It is basically the prototype for so many tna matches to come yeah and but obviously that is one of the things that is like proto tna that's when you say proto tna the first time that is one of our subtle running things it's just like how the fuck did we get to this company that's existed for 22 years now well they yeah they got a match on my uh, match of the year list actually uh macklin pco yeah i mean there's a fucking good looking one well no there's a good looking one with um Fucking crazy Steve and Trey Miguel. I gotta watch that fucking match, dude. <laughs> what? No, you. I know, dude. No, no I do. I'm not gonna make you watch it, but I'm gonna watch it, I'll, and I'll, I'll report back if it's good. Crazy Steve versus Trey Miguel. Um, and then 2004, Julio De Niro and CM Punk. Ever heard of him? Uh, yeah. Versus Raven and Terry Funk. That is from TNA. Um, that was our 2004 match. Covered with. Uh, with At Fenway Garfield's Sally. Yes. Yes. Wrinkly yes. Old Balls episode. That's a fun Classic episode. Really uh, terrible audio on her part, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. She's a friend. No, that was uh, – that's, She's a shark. That's, a, that's one of my favorite match lists we've ever done. That's a great – That's so much fucking fun. It's a great fu- lineup. Fucking Karina Whitmer. Uh, so much – Oh, I got really mad at Karina Whitmer. I remember You got really mad, mad but it was, it's a good match. It's just also really silly. Yeah. Well, you know, usually when I get angry – Specifically angry at you for picking something (laughs) when the the show is at its best. Um, All right. So this is not the right date on this. Um, So we're going to be doing this. We're going to we're going to come back to Terry again at some point Um, next week. We are doing the beginning of the McMahon saga. Yeah. Um, The McMahon in ring saga. We will not be covering the angles. (laughs) No, no. There's. We're gonna I mean, we'll to talk about a few of them. Probably. We're, fuck. We're we'll talk about that. a few things for sure. Um, but we're going to do the 1999 McMahon matches. 
and we're going to be joined hopefully by a friend of ours for that. Um, but this week we're doing Terry Funk in the 1980s. Um, and we're not really going to try to chart the whole career of the eighties. Although I would like to talk about what, where he is and where he goes in between each of these matches. Cause I think it's really interesting. We'll uh, allow the arc to bend itself, but we are the, but you know, we're still there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're starting in 81. We'll finish in 89. Um, in, but in 1980, he's wrestling in all Japan a lot. Um, do you know what he's doing before he comes to Memphis? Is he, is he wrestling in Florida? Cause I feel I like he was in so, Florida yeah. a lot. Um, I know in 82, he feuds with Dusty in Florida quite a bit. And they have, um, I think that's where sucks eggs comes from. Yeah. Is 82 Florida. Fucking Florida. Does that sound right? I think that does sound right. I got a lot like that. So the thing with the Florida territory is we don't have like a, like a lot of TV footage. We don't have like no, a lot of stuff. It, it's a shit show. But yeah, like, they were, like, they were like, I feel like the after mags, I feel like they were there all the time. So we've got lots yeah. of pictures from Florida. There's a whole lot of, you know, kayfabe light editorial. We know the vibes of Florida yeah. extremely well. And there's like, there's, there's almost more promo footage that we have than we have matches, yeah. which is what it is. Yeah. I don't know how that happens, but it did seem to happen. Um, so this is from Memphis, the Memphis territory. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the greatest matches of all time. According to many, I think I include myself in that, but I, it's phenomenal. It's a, it's, it's an interesting one to call that. Cause it's, there's not a whole lot to it. Um, but it's Terry Funk versus Jerry, the King Lawler. This is from, was it continental wrestling association is at the, the time? That was the, that was the name of the Memphis office. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's the sure. Memphis territory. This is from the mid South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, March 21st, 1981. And it is for the AWA Southern heavyweight championship which is of course kind of the main memphis belt uh for the famous years of the territory um right yeah it'll get traded a million times so it's similar they had so yes if you ever want to laugh i highly recommend checking out the title history page of this and the southern heavyweight or the the uh the awa southern tag belts which should both be pretty easy to get to from wikipedia uh from the memphis page um it is you know, or you know, or on your Graps database of choice, of course, because <laughs> wherever yeah. you like to get, check out your title histories. Um, so it was basically Lawler, or occasionally, you know, Tommy Rich, Bill Dundee, or whoever the babyface of the moment was. But almost always, it's Lawler. He yeah, would, he would drop the belt on like a Sunday or a Monday to the to the next heel in line, and then he'd win it back seven or eight days later. And they did this for a decade. Like literally, you could yes. the, the 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 stats are on the page, like right there, um, and it was always good enough because Lawler's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, of course, and so is Bill Dundee, and so is every other fucking big star that the territory ever had. Um, people kept coming back because they 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 do incredible business, and they were a hot territory for people to run through uh, early in their careers too, before they like you know reached superstardom or like the so called big leagues. Um, they ran a crazy loop in a bunch of different states. They do you... eight shows a week. Yeah, famously, they'd they'd run you know twice on Sundays, and Evansville was a hot town. Nashville was a hot town. Louisville, Louisville, Tupelo, like there's there's a t- uh, places in Ar- uh in Arkansas and Missouri as well, in southern yeah. Missouri as well. Yeah, in the mid eighties, there there is a a bit of an attempt to expand. I think they I think they along with 
you know, Lawler ends up in AWA, right? Is that yeah. where he goes? And then Dundee hangs out uh, with Watts, and it always kind of felt like they, they, there was, you know, these these groups were kind of thinking about trying to coalesce and take on the, the Vince machine. Um, yeah. It never really happened. I mean, it did happen. Okay, like, the, you know, there's examples. There's the Pro Wrestling USA Pro Wrestling shows, USA. but it was yes. just... Like trying to determine who gets the cut, and they couldn't fucking way too many egos, way too many big dicks swinging. Crockett and Ganya and all these fucking idiots just couldn't deal, couldn't get together with it. Yeah, old school promoters. It's a true shame. Yeah, and that's why the NWA existed. By the way, that was always why the NWA existed was because of the egos, and so people couldn't backstab each other. It's why unions exist. It's why (laughs) you know the NWA is was essentially a cartel, but it was also. It existed like the five families, more or less. It yes. was just like, you have your territory, you... It's like, yeah, no, this is like, um, y- all right, that's the Philly family, that's the outfit in Chicago, that's Detroit, that's Montreal, that's... and so forth. Yeah, and it's, you know, it, it's a it's, it's not hard to see how it fell. Um, you, can, you can tell there's a lot of bad decisions led to the end of all of that, but... Yeah, like... Regardless of the fact that um, Vince, the Vince McMahons, uh, had the single most profitable uh, loop uh, from the Boston to Washington corridor, obviously New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, uh, as well as those two, and um, you know it was just the ability to make a deal with Toronto, Montreal. Yes, um, he gets. He arguably gets. Vince Pittsburgh. arguably gets more credit. Then he is due for killing the territories. Um, I think maybe it's a little bit overstated at times. Um, and the same thing with killing WCW, of course, because like the territories, WCW ate itself, basically, in the end. Yeah. Ate itself trying to compete, but nonetheless, it was have self-inflicted. I used, have I used uh, the... It, oh, it, sorry. It's like Vietnam, you know. Turner had a lot of things going on. Vince had the one thing going on. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is like Vietnam. Um, I always say that in my, uh, in like the Kevin Nash voice, Sean, it was like Vietnam. <laughs> the, you know, you say what you will about the VC, but that was their thing. Night, United States, they can day, do whatever they LA want. Night, Turner, you can draw. do whatever you want. I've been working on my, my Nash. I don't know how to do it. Cause it always, it's always just him shitting on mm. people. But it's, it was, yeah, it's just him being like a smarmy fucker doing his. Whoop, whoop, well, there was chuckle. a clip of him shitting on LA Knight, and he said something, and I and I just started saying it over and over again, but I don't have it down. So, you might have heard me do it just now in the background, but it, yeah. <laughs> it was half-assed. Um, so, oh goddamn my fridge! I am so sorry. Um, that will calm down in just a second. I, I don't. Uh, I bear. I can't really hear anything. No, I hear it all when I listen back. That's not you. I'm worried about my friend. Um. Was just like a fridge down According to Wikipedia, uh, Terry Funk was brought in by Jimmy Hart because Jimmy Hart was bringing in people from other territories at this time to try to stop Jerry Lawler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South. Um, people only know him from WWE and then as Hogan's little buddy. Um, he was the top heel stable or top heel manager and fronted a stable in Memphis from like 1980 to 1985 in a similar vein to the Heenan family. Right. Um, yeah. Or even like, you know, later on the dungeon of doom um, where it's basically every major heel in the company has some association with this group, with this guy. Yeah. Um, if you watch WrestleMania three, 
Heenan goes out with like six different guys. You know? <laughs> like, they didn't. They weren't necessarily all friends. It wasn't necessarily a stable, but they were all represented by this one guy. And that, the reason for that was because he got him the big bucks. You know, he's a good fucking manager. I, and, you know, that's the, the idea. Drew Rosenhaus or whatever the fuck. You know, <laughs> it's just he it takes is. care of business for you. I think that I think MVP has been. Um, doing something like like trying to do like an old school manager sort of thing yeah um and i'm sure he does fine i like that I, li- I like mvp a lot i just yeah their commitment to it is like who the fuck knows man well also all the writing is terrible um but nevertheless i like that they do try that they are that, that they we're keeping the concept of the manager who's you know he's like a heel and he helps you win in the ring but also behind that like the story here, the narrative is that, oh, he gets me the title matches because he knows whose palms to grease. You know? Yeah. That's the deal. That's why Andre turned to be with Heenan because Andre was never going to get to wrestle for the title if Hogan had it because him and Hogan were friends. But secretly, you know, he didn't know how to broker that deal. He had to get Heenan, you know? You need your operators behind yeah. the scenes. Yes. You need your Clay Davises. Yes. Yes. She it. Yeah. Um, and so shit, gorilla. <laughs> Will you stop it? Shit, gorilla. <laughs> um, no, the uh, so the Hart family, uh, not the Hart family. The uh, the Hart family, something else. The first family. <laughs> the first family. Hart family will not be featuring in this episode. Um, but I have been thinking a lot about them since I watched that Survivor Series match. <laughs> hey, they're going They they're probably one of them is gonna probably pop up in the nineties. I guess that's true. <laughs> I guess that's probably true. We've got a lot of goddamn uh, Terry options for 97, but that... Yeah, well, Born to be Wired game. or the Tommy Rich match. Yeah. Um, no, the... Um, and as always, we can just do Terry Funk matches whenever we want. Oh, yeah. It's Terry yeah, so, Funk, bro. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We don't need to talk about it. Um, but it's it's Jimmy Hart and he, his, his first family, uh, and it says dozens of wrestlers. Oh, yeah. Uh, the list here says uh, the Iron Sheik... The Dream Machine, who people don't know, but the Dream Machine was a big, fat, masked guy who was, like, really good, really good wrestler. Mm-hmm. And eventually he didn't have the mask sometimes. Um, <laughs> the Nightmares, uh, which were a great tag team, also masked guys. Eddie Gilbert, Ken Patera. Hell yeah. Jesse Ventura. Hulk Hogan. Bugsy McGraw. Kevin Sullivan. Bobby Eaton. Paul Ellering, and then in quotes it says Killer Tim Brooks, and there's nothing, he doesn't have a page listed, so I don't know if it was a fake Killer Tim Brooks. <laughs> not, sure interesting. not sure what's going on there. Um, feud ended when uh, Hart was signed by the World Wrestling Federation in 1985, and Waller won a match against Eddie Gilbert, in which the stipulation was Hart leaving the territory. So, um, I've, I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, uh, God, of 85, Eddie Gilbert versus Waller? I can't remember ever seeing that. Um, so, Jimmy Hart is uh, one of the, he's sort of the main heel of the territory, and he brings in Terry Funk, and this, of course, is from, I think they did weekly Sunday shows or Monday shows? They did, mo- they ran Monday nights Monday. at Mid-South Coliseum. Right. And this was your big show. They would air TV on Saturday morning? Yes. In most regions, I believe? Yeah. And the TV was studio style with clips of matches from the big shows, um, but studio style, just like all the territories, you know, um, now the studio style in Memphis was always like w- way better than any other place in the early eighties. Like they got more time, um, you know, besides Portland, maybe Portland's the one exception to that Portland and Memphis have the best like working tags and, 
and hot matches yeah. in the studio in this time. You get a lot better stuff from 81 Memphis than you would 81 Mid-Atlantic, where it's all squashes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the studio matches are so good from Memphis in this, in this, in this period. Um, and they would show you clips, usually, of the big match, the main event, from the, the Coliseum the week before, and would work to build up the show on Monday, the following Monday, and sell tickets for that. Because um, that was the model, right? It was do the TV show to sell tickets to the live show. Yeah. That was how you made the money, you know? It wasn't TV deals and advertisers. It was live gate. Yeah, because yeah, it's like you're you're just trying to get on any channel you can get in most markets. Yeah, I mean now it's it's really sad. I don't. I mean I don't know how any company stays afloat now if you're not just if you don't have a ton of money uh, to start with. You know, <laughs> which is yeah. the, the the reason AEW is so strange and why it feels like there's no stakes because it's just an endless fount of money in theory, um, with nothing to lose. You know. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, every it, territory was hanging on by a thread to fight Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. And, and we're deep in debt, and everybody was ruining their own lives. That's why. Everyone know. had, like, a friend or two who was involved with Iran-Contra. Yeah, like, yeah. Also, people had ties back then. Get me, some, get me some dark money. I mean, I'm not saying Tony Khan doesn't, like, have friends in Saudi Arabia who have gotten their hands dirty. I'm sure he, I'm sure he does. Yeah. But he doesn't, like... He's not, like, in the next room partying, and, like, he, he's not, like, I know what's going on in the next room, I don't care about it. He could turn a blind eye because he doesn't have to get that close to it. V- fucking Vern Gagne would break people's legs. <laughs> he's not Blackjack Mulligan getting his son shot. Mm-hmm. He's certainly not. He's certainly no Blackjack Mulligan. Um, so, Lance doing the intros. Lance Russell. What a great crowd we have here tonight, Dave. Uh, <laughs> one of uh, wonderful Mid South Coliseum on a Monday night here for the AWA Southern World Heavyweight Championship. You truly know. a man who, I mean, obviously one of the greatest wrestling commentators of all time. For the greatest, yeah. the single greatest wrestling commentator of all time, in my opinion. I, I I wouldn't argue with that. Really, I think him and Dave together also is so special. I think yeah. Dave Brown, who was of course a weatherman, uh, famously was a weatherman who didn't know wrestling, learned everything about wrestling from Lance talking to him. And that's really cool. <laughs> Lance is just, he's just like, he's just this dude who just seems like he's constantly on fucking Quaaludes and shit. And he just has this perfect way of speaking where it's like, wow, I'm gosh. <laughs> the most excited he ever sounds is like, if something woke you up and you were not happy to see it, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but he's the greatest. He is, he is the greatest. Um, and he, he also, uh, he's a great interviewer in the studio here. He's got a dual role as announcer and commentator, a la MLJ. So, uh, you know, really the original MLJ. Lance, uh, Lance I'm working inside uh, <laughs> Hustle at the pizza place. Well, I went and bought a video chat with Tammy Sitch, and she, uh, well, she showed me her pussy. <laughs> 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 she didn't even charge me extra, Dave. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's an Emil thing, right? He talked about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was making sure I wasn't mistaking him for somebody else. <laughs> 
yeah. So Lance Russell, it's the greatest. Um, Terry Funk, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, famously, uh, comes in with no music, just mad and mean. Jerry enters to, I believe, something by Bill Conti. <laughs> I believe it's from the Rocky II soundtrack. Yeah. Is that right? Is it Bill Conti or is it is Bill Conti the name? I, I'm not sure off the top of my head, honestly. Mm, God, I'm going to. It's not supposed to. Yeah, Bill Conti. Going to fly now. It's not. He doesn't come out to Going to fly now, but it's something. It's a Bill Conti from Rocky II, I think. Um, the spotlight on he is ex- Jerry. Because uh, Terry Funk is explicitly referenced as, uh, what, Frankie the Fumper from uh, Paradise Alley, uh, Sylvester Stallone's 1979 oh, sure. expressionist film about professional wrestling. Right, yeah. Covered on uh, the Bad Wrestling Podcast. By uh, <laughs> Funky Ass Dice Game, uh, Chris Zinn, and uh, friend of the show double friend of the show because Chris is a friend of the show, but super extra friend of our show, uh, the great uh, Tara Hillegeist. Okay, I was trying to remember who was on that. Yeah. I knew it was somebody we knew. That's a good episode. Yeah, it's it's one of the only good episodes of Bad Wrestling Podcast. That's not true. So they they had a good run. They Uh, did. Yeah. Uh, No, so uh, this match, of course, is for the Southern Heavyweight title. Jerry comes in with the spotlight on him, uh, completely black arena. Um. And, yeah, the the Southern Heavyweight title, of course, hilarious. Uh, hilarious history. And uh, we cut hard from the entrances. Terry's on the apron running from Lawler. Lawler gets a hold of him and gives him a couple fresh ones. Terry falls through the ring ropes, gets caught on the ropes, falls to the floor, sp- spins around into the velvet retaining rope thing that separates the crowd. The weird little stanchion. Stanchion, yes. That is yes. like a... Uh... A Memphis trademark. He no takes out two stanchions, I believe. That. Yeah. And he um and then he comes up with the, the velvet rope tied around his, his leg. And we're already we are like already deeply in Daffy Duck mode here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um so this match is clipped as most Mid South Coliseum is Mid South Coliseum stuff from Memphis T V is because they would, you know, chop it together, put it on T V. We don't miss any action, but we do miss some bullshitting. And it's like, you want all the bullshitting you can get, but you'll live. We'll live. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's a 14-minute match that's stuffed into like a 10 minutes of footage. Um, but the cuts are fine. You don't miss anything, really. Um, we cut to Funk getting an advantage. He sends Lawler to the floor. He hits some hard downward elbows, like the point of the elbow, smacking King. Big atomic drop. And Lawler falls hard on his face on the floor. It's a great, gross. Uh, it, it's like usually, obviously, atomic drop bumps we think of as like the selling, the tailbone, like Rick Rude. And this is just, he just falls right on his fucking face. Well, he, he, like hits, a sack of shit. He hits and then like his legs don't work and he just, yeah, smacks the floor. It, it's great. It's a great, great sell. Yeah. It's just, cool. It's like not. It's just not what people call like think of as being the kind of great sell for. Well, yeah, they like, think of Rick Rude. Exactly. They have the. There's a very defined idea yeah. of what. But like, nope. Here's the complete opposite. He just fucking. He just. He just dies. He looks like a corpse out there. It's awesome. He turns his legs to rubber. Um, the uh, the we cut again to the. So this is mostly the stuff. The stuff that gets cut is like Jerry trying to get back in the ring. Like it's like yeah. you know. 
the, the count, which I think is important stuff to have in the file. And I think you shouldn't ever cut it out, but this was a different era when they were trying to fit stuff on TV and they didn't know, they didn't assume anybody would be talking about this 40 fucking years later. No, no. Yeah. This was, yeah, this was some in the moment shit. Yeah. Um, so we cut to the inside the ring. Terry hit some of the, you know, best pro wrestling punches you've ever seen in your pathetic short life. And you drop to your knees and you start to pray. Um, and Terry like misses a fist drop. And then Lawler comes back with his perfect punches and you're on your knees and you're lifting your hands up to the heavens and just speaking in tongues. Watching the man is blasting you flats. Yeah. It's the greatest. It's the greatest thing in the world to watch Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk trade punches. And that is the thing. Uh, my favorite Terry punch. He's got the great jab, but I love his overhand right to like the top of the head. Yeah. The one that rains down. That's so gross. Looking. He's got a couple of really good ones in the flare match we'll talk about later. It's usually when the person is – when he's controlling and the person is down on a knee and he brings yeah. it down on the top of the head. That is a, that is one of the great punches, definitely. Um, so, so Terry falls through the ropes again and again takes out the barricade rope and the stanchions. <laughs> and it's – he's just wrapping himself around in it. Um Lawler takes Terry's head to the announce table and smashes him right into the tall, ornate ring bell, which looks like a trophy. It's like a big bell that, like, it's like a proper, like, bell, but it's shimmering. You can see it. It's shiny as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a bell that has, like, a you reach underneath it and you you ring it. You, it's not You're not hitting a bell with a hammer or whatever. It's not like a wrestling ring bell. This is a bell. <laughs> yeah. It's a big this bell. This is like a... This is a running of the bulls. Bell. Yes, yes. This was here for, from Mid South Coliseum for the other stuff they do here, which is mostly cow things, cow cow and bull related things. I think <laughs> <laughs> it is Memphis after all. Um, mm -hmm. So that's great, right? Great, great bell. Excellent bell. Um, oh yeah. The um, this is obviously where Terry starts bleeding um, over the right eye. We cut to just a, a, a moment later. And Terry's bleeding over the right eye. He would often, Terry would often bleed from one side of his face. We'll talk about that again. Yeah. Um, but the, the call from Lance here where he says, split open all the way down the side. <laughs> Lawler's punches, though. So this is where Lawler does his punches. All right. Jerry Lawler punches. Um, you heard the show before? You know, you know what we're about. We like punches. Right we hook. Like... Left cross. Misses two left crosses. Terry leans in, right uppercut. Lawler, one of the most magnificent boxers ever to wrestle. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's so good. This this just his combos are immaculate. Um, Terry bumps off the upper, uppercut like a three sixty half of a backflip almost. Starts humping the surface of the ring, <laughs> which is which is one of the things that Terry would often do. He'd get punched in the face, he'd find himself prone, and he would, you know, wiggle his hips a little bit. <laughs> He's, like, almost fully twerking as Lawler climbs to the second rope and just does a big jumping stomp to the back of Terry's head. And it's not like a double stomp. It's like a pro wrestling worked stomp. But yeah. it, it's so perfectly landed. It's just spot on. Um, and also, Lance couldn't... He kept calling it the ring apron. He couldn't remember what the ropes were called. <laughs> It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's Lance. He's on Quayle. It's about managing the vibe. Like no, it's great. No, I'm not criticizing. I, I, I know. I'm, I know. I'm not criticizing. I love him. Um, I wish I would have written down what he actually said so I could do a fucking impersonation of it because I just realized I'm having a lot of fun doing Lance. 
uh, J- Jerry ducks out to chase Jimmy Hart. Um, and this is where I talk about all the guys he managed. I guess I made a note of that, too. Uh, Jimmy ducks under the ring and slithers away. He goes, like, under the ring and crawls out to the other side, which is great. Um, and they didn't have ring skirts on this ring, it looked like. It was just, you know. No, I don't think so. <laughs> which I love. Uh, Jimmy Hart is so acrobatic uh, at, yes. at this point in his life. He's, He's not incredible. that young, either. Well, he He's doesn't wear the coat. He's in his 30s, but... You know what happened? He started wearing the coat in WWF. Yeah. And he suddenly was way less mobile. Limits your range of motion because he's so expressive physically too. He's, Plus, also he's got to ha- carry the fucking uh, goddamn uh, bullhorn. Like, like that's like how the f- you're just gonna drop the bullhorn. Did he have the mega? He had the megaphone in some Memphis. No. Yeah, but it's like it's not. He doesn't have it here. I didn't see it here. No. Yeah. This is like a, yeah. This is. I mean, the less like accoutrement he had to deal with the more the more mobile he was just that's uh, just gonna be anybody yeah yeah here he's got a like a dress shirt and pants and i think he's got suspenders on to even <laughs> help him make sure he's not gonna lose his pants um no great guy jimmy hart excellent dude uh, wrote half of the theme songs from my childhood crazy didn't mm-hmm. know at the time had no idea um yeah so he's humping the ring. He gets his head stomped on, right? Okay. Where were we? All right. Um, Terry takes over with a punch to the dick and a harsh headbutt. Um, after Jimmy made the distraction, Terry follows with his uh, JYD-style grounded headbutt, which I Love think, that. I think Junkyard Dog might have stolen from him. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, you take from the greatest. I feel like Not I saw... Picky. Well, obviously, they teamed, they, teamed together, they worked against each other in, um, in WBF in 86. Um, at WrestleMania two and on house shows. Um, but, uh, I, I, I think, I don't know. I, I don't think I've seen JYD from before 81 or 82. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like anybody's going and looking for the best JYD matches. Um, although he did have a few obviously great matches in mid South. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry's, uh, he, he, Early bought- WWF, he's, he's good too, you know? Sure, he's good in that. Hey, he's good at WrestleMania too. Him and Tito versus the Funks. Him and Hogan versus the Funks, also from Boston Garden. Yeah. Um. Or from the Spectrum, actually, I think is the one we have. Um. So Funk bites Lawler's forehead, spits his blood into the air. Um. Tremendous. Does it a couple times. He's he goes to work. Ah, and then he looks around. He looks at the ref. He like he looks at what would have been a hard camera today and spits the fucking blood in the air. Um, it's great. It's, it's really sick. Uh, the video quality such as it is, you can't see super well. Um, but you can tell that you begin to tell that this, that the color of the men's faces is different, (laughs) but what really shows it is Jerry's white gear really shows the blood. Um, and you can see like spatter and droplets, you know, um, I don't know if Jerry got busted from the the biting or the headbutting. It's kind of disturbing to think of <laughs> which one. Um, you can hear Terry screeching, almost like early mankind. Did you hear that? It's hard to tell. Yeah. I thought I was a fan at first, but then I re- but then Lance says something about the sounds he's making. I realized that was him. Um, so I was wondering if that was maybe something Mick adopted from Funk, the sh- the pig shriek. You know the sound I'm talking about, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Terry Funk would be, like, always a great vocal seller. Uh, some of his, me- is like, some of his most famous vocal selling, of course. 
Yeah. He did Memphis. Sure, of course. Um, yeah, and this is him on offense screaming, you know? So it's like, he's he's a, obviously a, a verbal kind of wrestler. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Hart gets a couple cheap shots, uh, and, and Lance says, getting in his cheapos, which made me I laugh. I love getting in cheapos. his cheapos. That was such a good line. Uh, Lawler and Funk now both almost unrecognizable in the face. Uh <laughs> Like, you're going to start, you can't tell them apart anymore. Um, says Terry Funk is almost oblivious to pain. Lawler leans on the ropes and gets punched in the face for a while. Um, this is where Terry really does those downward uh, right hands. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's his, like, controlling punch. And they are so good. Because it, it's, it's always super measured. It's always, like, you know, um, like a thoughtful pro wrestling punch. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. I know you know. I'm saying to the to the listener, do you know what I mean? <laughs> to the royal you. Yeah. Um, and this is where Lawler gets the comeback. He stands up. He starts sort of uh, bouncing around. He's not throwing punches of his own. He's just brushing them off, hulking up. Lowers the strap. Memphis loses their fucking minds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Lawler, he does this. It's, it, he is like dancing. It is interesting. <laughs> um, it's not a hulk up. He's not shaking his arms, but he's like, he's like, I'm getting ready. I'm go ahead and keep punching me, Terry. And then the ensuing punch. He's out. getting he's he's getting his legs loose. He's getting warm. Yeah, get the blood flow in there, King. Um, the ensuing punch out is probably the greatest like ten seconds of wrestling that's ever existed. <laughs> it's like you know, it's this, and it's like the MS Uno and Sungri Chikana, like uh, like the the third slap battle they have, and like you know, a couple of you know, Karisu punching people. <laughs> <laughs> in the tag, 90 cork and all. Like, there's, like, these, like, 10-second stretches of wrestling that are incredible. Um, LaParque has had a bunch of them. Um, this punch-out is incredible. Uh, I, I, there's no way to explain it. It's just two guys punching each other in a wrestling match. I can't sell it to you any other way. <laughs> no, it's just... It, it, it's, you just... It's palpable, like, the the hatred. Yeah, it, feel it. it feels very strong, yeah. Um, and, again, Terry's, like, you know, Terry's not a long-time Lawler rival. He just came in and is a piece of shit, and he's nasty. And Terry exudes, like, uh, just villainous energy in this era. Um, unless he's in Japan, of course. Yeah. Um, and then Jerry, you know, uh, Terry takes, like, a big 360 bump off the last punch, of course, to um, – signify to the crowd uh, to signal to the crowd hey this this is where you pop <laughs> yeah because that was you know that's how you do it um jerry hits the big fist drop and then jimmy comes in with a chair and breaks up the pin an orange uh steel chair an orange steel chair yes um the only color we've seen in the match i mean we've seen lots of color but we haven't been able to tell any uh rgb you know um or rbg <laughs> sorry yeah uh, <laughs> uh this orange chair, uh, Jerry takes it from Jimmy, um, and oh, no, Terry. All right, Jerry takes it from Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, Jerry is circling Jimmy, and then Terry comes from behind with the chair and hits the edge of it into Jerry's leg. Swings it like a, I don't know what how what do you like a like the like you know flat yeah like it's like the the edge of the chair hitting the back of his leg. Um, and it's a it's a quite a intense chair shot. Um, he gets he starts working on the leg um, and tears Jerry's tights open so that he can uh, I guess tear at his flesh. 
<laughs> Who knows? Um, that they're, so at this point, they are literally clawing at each other's clothing and skin on the ground. Jimmy is retreated to the floor again. Um, and like the level of grime here, like this is like Black Terry and Wotan, where they're on the ground, just in the dirt, just like holding each other by the side of the head and like just screaming at each other. <laughs> you know that part? Have you seen Wotan versus Demis from this year yet? No, goddamn it! Oh, I, I, I forgot. Boy. I forgot. I've forgotten. I've forgotten. Well, it's got it's got some also two guys lying together in the dirt, um, not hitting each other. Not there's no holds. They're just laying together hating each other <laughs> yeah that's kind of what this that's is. what you want that's kind of what this is this could have if this happened in uh you know uh zona of anti-trace i i could see it i could see it getting over i could see them chanting funk as puta <laughs> i could see that um si se puede jerry Lawler, el rey um they funk shoves the ref sorry i lost where i was um Oh, so, all right, so. Is this, is Jerry Calhoun roughing? It is Jerry Calhoun. Hell yeah. Um, they they end up, he, so he tears the, the leg open. He tears the tights open in the leg, just p- pounding on the on the knee, punching it. And, like, he looks like he's literally trying to pull Jerry's flesh apart. Um, like, a, like a, you know, Romero, George Romero thing. Um, some Savini makeup could be ha- happening. Um and then he puts on the spinning toehold, right? And goes for it, at least. Um, yeah. Funk ends up shoving the referee, and then he just goes after Lawler's legs with the chair. And Lawler moves, comes back with the the right hook from down on his knees, which is a classic Lawler spot, is to be down on his knees beneath his opponent, punching up. Um, and then he takes the chair, swings it full force, low into the back of Terry's legs. Yeah, which Terry takes a fucking great bump. He's like, it's like he 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 like a uh, like rock at Mania fifteen when he takes the stunner. You know, yeah. he like bounces back like that. Um, people and the people in the crowd are jumping up and down at the top of the frame, the bottom of the frame, everywhere. It people are like going nuts, pumping their fists. Like the crowd is losing it. You see thousands of individual minds being blown. Um, the hero Lawler, you know, so over funk well known. I would have to say everybody knew him cause he's an NBA champion. Right. So when he comes in, yeah. people like want to see him get his ass kicked and the, the promos on TV were obviously really good. Um, funk ends up retreating to the floor in an attempt to get away from this maniac who's trying to break his legs. Like it's fucking like boardwalk empire. Um, or the Sopranos, I guess yeah. <laughs> I just said the Sopranos. Um, Lawler chases him out and continues to just beat the shit out of him with a chair over the legs. So he's not, like, hitting him in the back of the head. He's just going after the legs. It's really mafia shit. <laughs> yeah, it is it is just, like, just trying to fucking kill another dude. But not, not trying to, to kill him. It's trying to cripple him. Yeah. He doesn't want to kill him. He wants to he cripple him. He wants to, he wants to uh, leave the debt... Uh, Leave the message about the debt. Yes. He could get a new couch. What's Terry Funk going to do about his legs? Uh, you know? Um, there's a woman in the front row. Also, this is so great. He's So Terry's crawling through the crowd. He crawls under the velvet rope. Lawler just, like, pushes it over. Lawler's delivering the last couple chair shots, and there's this woman in the front row, a young lady, um, with her hands over her mouth in shock. She cannot comprehend the brutality she's witnessing at her very feet. 
My God, can you imagine that young lady? She's changed forever. Yeah. She probably started a podcast of her own. Um, you can hope. <laughs> that young lady was Missy Hyatt. Uh, <laughs> and she was underage at the time, but, you know, we don't talk about that. Um, Lawler rolls in at the count of eight. Terry Funk is counted out, your winner, and still the AWA Southern Heavyweight Champion in uh, like 14 minutes. <laughs> I, think it, it's, I think they announce it as like. As 14. Maybe it sounds like it's even longer. I, 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 uh, I swear at some point I've heard them say twenty, but I could just be completely fucking wrong. There is that. no way eight minutes. They cut. Cut, this they match. couldn't have cut out that much bullshit. It, this, there was like two minutes cut of this because you see yeah. it all. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've seen this match like fifteen times probably. <laughs> I think I might have seen this more than almost any match that wasn't just like on a early nineties WWF pay per view that I watched over and over, which I've seen. You know. Yeah. You know, I've seen Survivor Series 93 probably 500 times, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> as far as matches I love, I think I've seen this one as as much as any other, and it never gets old. It's a um, classic. It, it is an eternal match. It's so simple, but like the it's spectac it's spectacular simple work. It's just like because it's just. It, it's just the beautiful technique of punching another dude right in the fucking face. Yeah. What are the other like? What moves are done? There's is there? There's not even a pile driver in this match, is there? No. No. Yeah. There's no. So Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler, neither of them do a pile driver. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, that's actually fucking crazy to think about, right? Yeah. Like uh, the what's no, the they most? Don't even, neither of them goes for one. No. They don't even set one up. They just punch each other. Yeah, the most significant single move in the match is the atomic drop on the outside, I think. Sure, that's the one that took the most technique. There's, um... Yeah. Oh, you know, I think there's a snapmare at one point. <laughs> Pretty sure. Oh, great match. Great match. He, you know, he gets up there does the jumping stomp. Like, he, you know, yeah. normally he would do the fist drop there, probably. Um, No. It's a crazy match. It seems like it's minimalist on purpose, almost like they just wanted to see what they could go out there and and do. I never even thought about the fact that they never that nobody does a pile driver or even goes for one. That almost feels deliberate. Yeah, it does. It feels it feels like you want to keep the build going until to see someone maybe uh, save that. I guess yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because the pile driver so is so you know featured heavily in the in the match we'll do at the end of the show. Um, it's just interesting. Never, and I've like I said, I've seen this match probably fifteen times. I've never thought about the fact that neither of the two most famous pile driver users even goes for a fucking pile driver in it. No. So that's pretty cool. What's up, bud? I love you. Okay, I love you too. Sorry. Hang on, bud. Um, see, that's why my mic gets messed up. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw. So I saw uh, Alan Forel was going to watch MS Uno versus Hungry Chicana the other day because it was like the it's like the fortieth anniversary of it. Yeah. I wonder if he liked it. Just kidding. I, I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I I really... There's no way that the answer is going to be pleasing. Um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, that is Terry Funk versus Jerry Lawler. I don't know. I, I, I think those, that's one of those matches that I would never wanted to talk about because I don't know how you talk about 12 minutes of punching. Um, but, you know, we, we tried. <laughs> it's just... It's... I hesitate ever. I hate ever saying like something. Sometimes you just need to see a match to believe it. But it's like, yeah. But at the same time, you if you understand the Terry Funk thing, you understand the Jerry Lawler thing. You can picture this in your mind. 
Yeah, yeah, but also, you know what? I mean, it's a match that people say about it, like, one of the greatest of all time, and I feel like that's that's almost always going to be a setup for disappointment. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what people... If you, if you told somebody Lawler and Funk had one of the greatest matches of all time, I don't know what they would expect it to look like. Because, again, they don't go for a pile driver ever. <laughs> There's no near falls, like... I don't know. It's there's not even a pinfall attempt. Does anybody go for a pin? I don't think so. No. <laughs> All right. Well, I've convinced myself again it is a perfect match. So, um, there you go, folks. Do you want to do our next match? Yes. All right. Hit hit me. You hit me. From 1983 in All Japan Pro Wrestling. You don't the have date. the date up. You I don't, don't have the fucking date. Up. <laughs> April 14th. April 14th. <laughs> it is the Lariat Stan Hansen versus our hero, Terry Funk. He said he wants baseball. I asked my, Jack, I asked my son what he wanted for a snack, and he said he wants baseball. What the fuck does that mean? All right, you talk about this match for a second. I'm going to figure out what baseball means. Okay. So this is the era of... Um, this is a transitional era for all Japan. Now, Stan Hansen has been in the promotion since the mid-70s, but he hasn't been the main antagonist for Terry Funk yet. Um, but He as, just keeps telling me baseball, and I said I don't have baseball. <laughs> There's no baseball. <laughs> Abdul the Butcher is losing his mobility, and the Sheik is t- so old. He's so fucking old. <laughs> it's just that... And, like, you need a new guy who's going to be the guy for the future. And that turned out to be Stan Hansen. Okay, so that's interesting. I, was, I, I missed what you said before. but I, So Hansen uh, comes in in, is it 81 or 82? He's been there before. He'd been there before, but I... I but he was a New uh, Japan guy. He was an Anoki yeah. friend. Yeah, he... Um, yeah, he, he works some early... Uh, he works there... Like, some of his uh, first Jap- uh, Japanese stuff is in all Japan, but then he does have his run back with New Japan for uh, a couple of years. For your uh, four. And then 82 is his first year uh, as an all Japan regular, which he would continue to be for the next 19 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, longer than that, honestly, he still shows up. Uh, as uh, Hans is still alive, right? Yeah, he's still like a dignitary for the promotion. I think at some point he was the official PWF president. Yes, the PWF is, president. Which means nothing, but also, hey, it means we get to see Stan do stuff. And yeah. just be like, I'm giving you the title, uh, Kojima. Yeah. Arr. Congratulations, Suama, on your eighth reign. <laughs> <laughs> which is fine, because Suama's great and he deserves it. Um, yeah, Stan Hansen. Have, have, we, have we covered Hansen ever on the show? Oh, that's a great question. It feels like, feels like there's so haven't. much to cover. We didn't do him and yeah, no, I don't know. I don't think we have. We, we've never done him invader. We've yeah. never done the eyeball oh, match. Did we? Wait, maybe we did. Did we do baby the baby bull match with Vader? We might have. I don't, I don't know, know why though. we would have done that. <laughs> what the, the match AWA match? match? Oh, that match is fantastic. Why, but why would what, what episode would that have fit into? That doesn't oh, make any sense. birthday episode. Who the fuck knows? No, that- uh, I don't think so, my friend. I do not think so. Um, where is this Sumo Hall? Right. I believe this is Sumo Hall. Yes, yeah. the original Sumo Hall. 
because is they, it, they is it not the same building or do they tear it down? Yeah, they had it? yeah they had to tear it down and, and then built a new one that I think they've used in eighty five. Oh okay. Oh that's interesting. Okay. Um. So they are fucking lit for this. There's like literally cheerleaders. <laughs> They're a... so yeah. They it, this crowd fucking loves Terry Funk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is in Osaka actually. This is the Osaka. Pre- so this, uh, I don't think this is the same big building that they use uh, for uh, Osaka shows primarily at this point uh, in like the twenty twenties, but it might be. Okay. There's like seven. Yeah. There's um. Yeah, about o- seven Osaka Prefectural Gymnasium. Yes, it is Osaka. For, formerly the the Osaka uh, Body Maker Coliseum. It was the Body Maker. <laughs> uh, it's been the Edian uh, Arena for a yeah, while. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sure. Um, well, that building, according to this, opened in 1987, so definitely not that. And we're talking about it for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the same exact thing as Sumo Hall. Where okay, they just, they just built a new one there. Cool. Like yeah, or like like MSG. That's MSG has existed. Madison Square Garden has existed for 150 years now, but not the same building. It just you just rebuild it, and then yeah, the same fucking thing. Who gives a shit? Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. No, it looks like yeah, 52, and then re- remade, rebuilt in 87. Fuck um, wife and fuck you. <laughs> Um, there's, so there's cheerleaders, there's this incredible hand-drawn Hanson banner, and, like, a really, like, pretty, uh, banner for funk that, like, you know, people in the crowd have. Um, you can't even see Terry as he heads to the ring in this just sea of people. Um, there's a Oh, it's just a mob. It's, it's it's really great. It's really, it's really wonderful, and you, you can really tell immediately, like, oh, they're just, they're all over him. Seemingly Um, half the roster is out there, too, in, uh... Their like tracksuits, which I don't know if it's just like to uh, essentially work uh, as extra security to keep like everything from the from this match with this this human whirlwind huh. Stan Hansen. Part from, of the uh, deal, yeah. yeah part of the deal with Hansen the... is that you need you need bodies around for him to walk through. Yeah, like great and, it's, and it, you need it to not be paying customers. <laughs> yeah, great Kojik is there. Shiroko Shinaka is there. Uh, Rocky Hot is there. Takashi Shikawa is there. Um, it's all Momoda. Like, f- fucking, ha- again, half the fucking roster, basically. Dory's out there. He's old. <laughs> I don't know if Dory's actually out there. He comes out later. Maybe. I'm not yeah. Sure. Um, Big Banner says, let's hustle Terry. Um, Love it. I don't know if they're, had they already announced his retirement? Like, he doesn't That's retire till August, right? Yeah. So this could be Four his re- retirement tour, basically. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if he announced it early in the year, um, as wrestlers tend to do. His first, of course, Terry Funk's first retirement in 1983, and then I believe he retired again in 89, and then retired again in 97, and then I believe once more in the 2000s, and then finally did retire yeah. in 2017. It, eight, he retires in 83. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the famous reti- one, of course. That's yeah. the one where he shouts forever, forever and ever, and it's in Beyond the Mat. <laughs> Retires. I think he retires in eighty six. Unretires. Retires again in eighty eight. He does retire in eighty six. You're right. And then some of these years, I just think he's only like ninety two. He only works two matches, but I don't think he ever officially announced that he's retiring, or at least he only works two matches in ninety two. Yeah, and they're both Gilbert. Yeah. Surely he was working some other places. Oh, once – well, yeah. This could – I mean this is listed to fucking Striga's website. Like we yeah. have him listed as having one match uh, for fucking uh, Autovon's CWA in, in Austria, but – But he the, probably worked a whole tour. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like, that's the big show from that, uh, like, tour, like yeah. the, the Euro Catch Festival. But you never know. Uh, their uh, CWA results are sure. pretty good, but they're far from complete. Oh, I guess they would have the best collection of that stuff. The Germans. Uh, um, makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Terry... Um, you know, he's he's this massive baby face at this point. He was a heel in Japan at first. When him and Dory came over in, like, the late 60s, they were big-time heels. Yeah. Um, and he got over just, like, I think literally on the strength of his wrestling. Um, it was just it, – he's just such an undeniable presence, and that's why he could get over his uh, baby face so easily in the U.S. It was just, like, this fucking – it just it, – at some point uh, – there are so many wrestlers who at some point it becomes impossible to boo. Yeah. They would have to like try and kill your mother to <laughs> fucking for you to boo them. Well, he's, um, he's also one of the early like Gaijin to be a baby face in Japan. Yeah. I feel like too. Cause most, mostly those were almost always positioned as heels. I feel like, um, with, yeah. you know, destroyer being like one of the cases where they got over as a face too, but he also was a heel at first. Yeah. Um, so, let's see here. Hanson comes out swinging his rope around. Is it a rope? Yeah, it's a yeah. rope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that music of his? That goes Sunrise? Like what is it? Uh, Sunrise? Sunrise. And it yeah. goes... Dun, 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 dun. Is that the one? Yeah, that's classic, classic uh, theme. This era of uh, All Japan has so many good themes. Yeah, it's weird how many people are coming out to music in 83... When, like, you know, WWF had not even adopted that yet. Um, yeah, and it would just be, like, what was hot on the pop chart, basically, because... Uh, Enoki using a Carl Douglas B-side, of course. Yeah, like, you know... Carl Douglas, is that his name? Yeah. Kung Fu Fighting yeah. Guy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you know what? Intellectual property is a fake idea. Well, it's absolutely fake in Japan in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Nobody even – it's hard to even say intellectual uh, for Japanese people. Um, intellectual property. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had to be your gorilla there. For uh-huh. a Get in there, ref. <laughs> uh, all right. So he's got a – we got a – so we got like a proper cowboy brawl in Sumo Hall. Not Sumo Hall. Yeah. I wrote down Sumo Hall. Fuck. In, in Osaka. In Osaka. Osaka it, uh, the bunkhouse has come to Osaka. It's come to the Bodymaker Coliseum. Um, so this is actually two cowboys fighting, and I feel like that is um, maybe more than any other like type of fight, something that everybody in the world can be like, oh, America. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> like, two mean shit kickers. But they, one of them is the most beloved shit kicker of all time. Yeah. They're they've this is this is a this is this is cinema for them. For the people yeah. in Osaka Professional Gymnasium. Uh, it is it is truly it is uh the you know the man who shot Liberty Valance in here. Mm-hmm. Um so Hansen was with Anoki until eighty one and appears in that big angle um in that match that I believe is ter- Terry and Dory versus Brody and Snuka. Is that the yeah, one? Yeah, I think that's that sounds right. Um, Teddy Fungo, that's what they call him in Japan. Um, tons of streamers, like truly maybe the most beloved babyface of all time. Yeah, uh, they're like still throwing them as the match begins, and Terry is looking hyped, 
and Hansen is looking like a monster. He charges in like the millisecond the bell rings. Funk evades, and then he shakes his arms like a maniac. Uh, moves around, looks for his angle. He, like, grabs a streamer that gets thrown in. He tosses it out. He's narrowly evading early attempts at strikes and grabs by Hansen. And then they shout at each other for a second, and then they lock up in an angry collar and elbow. Um, and then Terry immediately turns it around, breaks the collar and elbow against the ropes, and just starts punching him. It's like, you, we weren't going to wrestle. I don't know why we did this. <laughs> like, Yeah. Um, and then they just punch each other. And they punch each other, and he catches Terry with a good one, and Terry jogs around the ring like, I fucking, I can handle that, motherfucker. Um, Terry's, he, he has to bob and weave, he has to bob and weave, because, uh, like, in, in, the per, in the pro wrestling sense, which is, like, a hit and run, hit and run, hit and run, because this fucking guy, Stan Hansen, have we talked about Stan Hansen in terms of the fact that this is a human rhinoceros? Like, Rhino... Richards is a human rhinoceros. <laughs> this is a fucking. This is a man who will literally run through you like a fucking Mack truck. How tall is Stan Hansen? I think he's about six four, six five. Is that it? Because he reads bigger than that. He, yeah. Hmm. Looking it up. I'm. Lo- His build height was six four, so I believe it. Yeah, which seems crazy, especially when you see him in a match like like the uh, the uh, famous uh, Andre the Giant match from New Japan where. He doesn't look like... He's given up a couple inches, it seems like, but it's it's it doesn't feel like he's six or seven inches shorter or anything. Something about him is just, he is a larger-than-life presence. Yeah. Like, that is why he would go on to become one of the most beloved baby faces in, Jap- in Japanese history. Yeah, that's true. In about t- uh, 10, 15 years. Yeah. Um yeah, he's got it's it, that is such an incredible career, Stan Hansen. It's it, I think Stan Hansen is probably the as far as um, American wrestlers go, the one who had the most success in Japan versus the least here. I mean, I know he was big in his time and he wrestled Bruno, um, but like in his later, he got career the AWA belt, right? Yeah, but like at a time where AWA was also dying, right, <laughs> or beginning yeah. to die. Yeah, that was that was kind of uh, the beginning of the death knell sounding was. Uh, them having to strip Stan after he just was like, just couldn't come to terms with Vern because Vern was lowballing right. him. Right, of course. It's a great example of just fucking screwing yourself. Um, pay had pay, pay the fucking the, guy. Had to pay for the cabin in Aspen, you know. Yeah, yeah. So screw it. Don't pay him. We'll put the we'll put the fucking belt on Nick again. Greg, see if that's gonna work for you. Greg skiing lessons. He needs them again because he can't fucking learn how to ski because he's Greg Ganya. Bachwinkle can barely get out of bed in the morning without like, a, <laughs> you know, like this dude needs to retire. <laughs> he cannot be our world champion. Um, no. So he, um, Hanson's got the little short punches that are really great. Um, Higuchi, Joe Higuchi, our esteemed referee. Yes, uh, uh, the legendary uh, king of the jumpsuit. Yeah, the the bald referee for all your classic All Japan matches that you've seen. Um, he's asking Terry if he's all right constantly. He's always chatting with him. I'm I'm pretty sure Joguchi speaks uh, English. I would be surprised if he didn't. I feel like I've seen him speak English before, um, like in the last fifteen years. Um, yeah. But so Hanson's short little punches. He does these little. I don't know. I don't know much about boxing, but he does these little, these little short punches that are super fucking harsh and shitty. They're like he's kind of a shithead. Is the thing about Hanson? He's yeah. a huge guy who wrestles like a little piece of shit. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah. Part of it is that 
Um, because, of course, Sanson is famously legally blind. He's also blind. That's true. Yeah. So, Like Fast Eddie. Yeah. So he's <laughs> here to try, and Kazi Steve, uh, he's here to, like, the closer you are up to him, the easier you can see you. So it's like he's just just trying to throw. Like, it's like if he tries to throw these long punches, then he might miss because he doesn't know necessarily like he can like he's doing he can do like a like a bear swipe but that's a different thing if he has you like squared up he's going to throw short i mean it, it's it's not like he's throwing Shane McMahon punches or anything but he's throwing like they're, they're kind of Shane esque <laughs> they're tight they're uh, they're so tight you're right yeah. tight they're, that's a good word. they're really really nice punches though and of course and uh he has like a great like uh Terry falls to the uh, canvas at one point, and, he's, and, and Stan keeps like uh, goes with a falling right that looks fucking gnarly, uh, and he's throwing closed fist because what the fuck is Joe Higuchi gonna do? There's like no like. Well, I don't think can't... it's. I don't think anybody's gonna get disqualified for that here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, the uh, he's so he's got a big scoop slam also um, that has like a lot of force behind it. Now that you remind me that he's blind, I think maybe he just doesn't, he can't, he doesn't know where the mat is. So he doesn't, he doesn't really know he's slamming the guy, but he doesn't, he can't see the mat. So he's like, well, I'm going to throw him and just in case it's further than I think, make sure it hits. You know? Yeah. <laughs> His falling elbow drop where <sighs> it's like, it almost seems like it's like a tree falling in the sense that he doesn't jump. He's just, but his entire body it hits at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, it's incredible. He's got this little uh, knee lift. Um, he does this thing. He chops Terry in the small of the back just to turn him around, which is just, that's like, he's like, I'm serious. He wrestles kind of like Enzo at times. <laughs> like he, it's, it's bizarre. He wrestles like heel Bill Dundee a little bit. Um, his, his, yeah, his style is like it, it's all about just getting. He he is like a literal work rate wrestler in like the sense of like how uh, professional shoot fighting works. Like he's just going, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get as much in as he can. Yeah, he does work. He cuts quite a pace, doesn't he? Um, he punches Terry in the ear. We're like not yeah. even five minutes in. He's just being he's just being rude he really does wrestle like a rude guy terry has gotten in a couple of shots but it's primarily stan just beating fuck shit out of him yeah he does a um he does a he smashes his head into the turnbuckle a bunch of times he does a snapmare and then a harsh knee drop which mm-hmm. is like the 1983 version of fucking unnecessary the kick to the back um he's got that classic falling knee drop where it's just again it is just all, like you, you, you might as well be getting hit by like a bank truck falling <laughs> on you. It well, he and also he can't see the guy. That's the other thing is it's just it is the full knee. It's and it's not like uh when Flair does a knee drop and it connects and then he rolls through. Yeah, Hanson just falls. His his knee hits your head and then his knee hits the ground because it's got to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a bad. He's a bad man. He's a very bad man. I mean, it's, Stan. I mean, obviously, he also always wrestled with on the principle of you can hit me back as hard as I'm going to hit you. I don't care because sure. he, he he was a, he's not an asshole. 
Yeah. Like that. Well, he was also a big tough guy, and that, that's that's. It good. wasn't good. He was going to... He'll live. Yeah. Well, and also, I think he's got a lot of respect for Terry. I think they're peers to him. I think yeah. he, he's not a, as big a star as Terry is, but I think he probably thinks he is, and he probably, despite that, still respects Terry more than than most people he wrestles. But also, yeah. I think he, I think Hanson did respect most of the people he wrestled. Um, even when he beats the shit out of a young RVD, I felt like he gave him something, you know? No, yeah, he is not a selfish wrestler. Yeah, definitely He's not. just a force of nature. Yeah. It's just, what are you getting to do? So Terry's getting his ass kicked, and his only solution is to grab Hanson's leg from the ground and, like, try to drag him down. Yeah. And he manages to pull him and drag him out to the floor. This is pretty gritty stuff. And then he snapmares Hanson on the floor into the pile of streamers. And then he drop kicks him on the floor. It's an awesome drop kick. When he does it, and he Terry's feet lift from the ground, the streamers are wrapped around his ankle, so he does a drop kick. It looks like a fucking party. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is that? It's yeah. It, it's like it's such a f- funny uh, combination of all of the streamers and like with it's this a big like, ball of paper street, <laughs> with this like street fight drop kick, basically like this like kind of drop kick you see between two dudes fighting at a gas station yeah this is like a, this is like a, a, a shibata drop kick <laughs> yeah which is how i describe a gas station drop kick um yeah it's crazy it's such a cool spot um hansen makes his way back in says slam me boss <laughs> terry gives him a big body slam uh and then the jyd headbutts and uh then hansen gets control again back body dropping terry when terry goes for a pile driver and then, um, and then Hanson does the kicks. The, sorry, this is where I really started to feel the shithead yeah. uh, offense because he does. He's doing. He does these kicks that are like the flat, like the shin. Um, I mean, he'll do these like nasty toe kicks too, but he's doing like. I don't. know. It's like the least graceful form of the modern kick pad pro rest kick. Yeah. But he's wearing like traditional pleather wrestling boots, and his feet are like the size of a baby. Like not not like a baby's feet, but like each foot's a whole baby. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's like a three month baby on each uh, each foot. Um, his, his feet are the size of shoe boxes, basically. Yeah, two babies. <laughs> but, uh, they, all right, they slow it down a little bit. Uh, Hanson has a headlock that Terry eventually turns into a backdrop suplex. Um, then knee drops Hanson's leg, uh, but Hanson just cusses at him. And tries to kick him despite Hanson being on the ground. He's like kicking up at him. Um, Terry leg drops the leg, then grabs the toe hold, which he has on for like a good solid twenty seconds or so, um, before Hanson punches him to yeah. break free. Um, and Terry goes and has is starting to bleed now. And I, I don't know is it off the punch? Maybe it off the punch from the. He goes for the spinning toe again. Hanson's fighting back with punches again. And this is where Terry begins just pouring blood onto Hanson's just big, disgusting chest. Oh, yeah. The, one, of the, one of the ugliest torsos in wrestling history, I would say. It's, it's like a phenomenal canvas. But it's, it's a phenomenal canvas, for sure. <laughs> you can show the, a movie on the back of that thing, you know? Uh, gorilla? Um, yeah. No, it's it, he's a disgusting guy. Um, he looks like he stinks. Also, um, Terry goes down the second the blood loss gets to him. It seems like, and Hanson, now covered in Terry's blood, is just kicking him in the face and like kneeing him in the face. 
But yeah. Terry, Terry still gets the spinning toe hold again. And in the hold, Hanson fights hard. Terry looks like he's fighting on pure instinct, blood pouring out of him. And then this is where, um, you know, after it breaks up, Hanson's shots begin to look even harsher now. Terry's doing, like, perfectly normal Terry punches. Um, mm-hmm. But Hanson feels like he he really doesn't... He's pissed off or something. <laughs> he no longer has the professional... Uh, you know, like, there's something to the way a, a wrestler does punches, you know, in a match like this. You can you can tell Terry he's got one mode, and it's to do the perfect pro wrestling punch. And it might not be touching the, the other guy at all, but you can't tell, you know? Um, yeah. But Hanson's, you can tell, and it is. <laughs> Every Hanson shot is connecting harder than maybe it should, since this is a work. <laughs> since they're supposed to be working here. <laughs> But Hanson doesn't give a fuck, and also he's a big guy and he's blind, so everybody's just like, "All right, well, that's just Stan," you know. Um, it's cooperative, but from anyone else, it wouldn't fucking seem cooperative. Right, a cooperative shoot. <laughs> um, no, yeah, he's he's laying it in. He goes all right, so he goes for uh, the Western Lariat. Terry ducks mm-hmm. and takes the leg and begins twisting the toehold again. And a single streamer flies in the ring and bounces off of Terry's left thigh just as he's about to spin that toe. And can you imagine that guy holding that streamer? And he's just, he's like ready. He's so into this match. He's holding his last streamer and he's ready. And he's ready. He's waiting for the perfect moment. And he waited and he waited and then he did it and he threw it perfectly on target and at the perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> Terry gets the fucking toe hold on. So cool. Uh, Higuchi, Higuchi's trying to clear the streamers at this point, including yeah. the one that just hit Terry. He's right behind Terry when Hanson kicks Terry off from the toe hold into referee Joe Higuchi, who's picking up the streamers, who then bumps to the floor. Fantastic really bump. A great bump. Because um, he Always seemed fucking good ref bumps. That. Always good ref bumps from Joe Higuchi. Yeah, but he seemed old already. I don't know. Like, he just uh, shaved head. You know, always adds ten years. Yeah, and like the jump, it's he, he is like indecipherably old. Uh, he, he's just like he does feel like he's been around. He was there the day they founded Al Japan, and he'll be there the last the last time Suwama loses the last title in the last All Japan show. Yeah. For the record, I believe he is fifty four. Was he still right. alive? No, Higuchi died, didn't he? He died in twenty ten. In twenty ten, he had a good run. That's crow. Wow, I thought he was alive to like, I thought he died in like 2018 or something. Yeah, I mean he made it to his 80s. Okay, so that means he's oh, so that means yeah, he's, he's 50 here. here. <laughs> that's a hell that's a crazy bump for a 54 year old referee to take. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Joe Higuchi shouts out. Um, let's see here. Uh, Hanson atomic drops Funk onto the top rope for lack of a better term. Um, removes. Just... Go ahead. Yeah, just destroys his nuts. Yeah, just, yeah. So there's been a lot, and Hanson, I think, hit him in the balls another time, too, a short dick punch. Um, which, of course, Funk did to Lawler in the first match, but Hanson is not above that. He doesn't really have ethics, I don't think. <laughs> He's not, like, a moralistic type of wrestler, you know? Um he gets the whip or strap or whatever he's got there. Is it just a rope? I said rope. It's earlier. just a rope because it's like it's got this little tassel on it and shit. It's just like it's something. a decorative rope. Yeah, it's like like a fucking draper on a rope or something. It's very strange. Sure. And he, but he, she fucking run silent, run drapes. Yeah, this motherfucker 
just is just gonna just hangs Terry Funk. He just chokes him straight. He's just choking him relentlessly with this red rope that has a goddamn tassel on it at the end. Yeah, and Funk's like covered in blood at this point. He's got it around his neck, and then the discarded streamers are now like hanging from all over his body. <laughs> and there's no referee, so Hanson's just choking him and stomping his head. People have started to actually throw shit in uh, yeah. the fucking ring. Yeah. yeah, there's garbage being thrown, a la Bash of the Beach 96. Uh, brutal short stomps to the forehead, and occasionally just to the middle of his face um, that Stan is doing to Terry here. And then Terry is just sent like through the ropes or maybe over the ropes, and he's just strangled basically from the ropes. And like some of the more disturbing imagery I've ever seen, like an eighties. Oh yeah, match. dude, it was. Um, I watched this with my roommate Misha, and she was like, "I, I can't fucking look at this shit, dude. I this is he a looks, child. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, he looks he looks nuts. It's it's more violent than the Dirty White Boy and Tom Pritchard." <laughs> Like, the rope, I mean, it's not even that strong of a rope, but the rope just, like, in his mouth. Yeah, when it's in his mouth, that's really, that's the disturbing part, yeah. But it is, it, I just want to say one more time, Tom Pritchard, Dirty White Boy. Back, remember when Tom was choking and coming within an inch of his life? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, just had to shout it out. I want to uh, talk to Tom. <laughs> choking and coming within an inch of my our life. Current, uh, our current landlord uh, is a dude named Tommy. Uh, got bought the building last year. And sometimes we just do the, I got to talk to Tom. Like, <laughs> I need to talk to Tom. Yeah. It's like the dirty white girl. Uh, the dirty white girl. Segment before she sets up Tom, Dr. Tom Pritchard to be fucking lynched by Tony. Yeah. The dirty white boy. <laughs> yes, of course. And then he was, <laughs> he, when he choked, when he was choking and coming within an inch of his life what he said Carradine going out like <laughs> yeah. yeah Michael Hutchins um anybody else uh, I think there was like an ing- uh there's like, like one uh, other big there's one other big person who died jacking off oh uh, well if you can remember uh wrestling is gross at gmail.com if there's another celebrity who died of autoerotic asphyxiation that's not I remember someone <laughs> say once saying your audio that there dropped was... out there it looked like you were, it sounded like you were like going deep to look it up <laughs> <laughs> always remember there's this one member of uh uh parliament in fucking uh mm. britain who w- was like oh i uh, thought you meant the band <laughs> sorry no it was not Boots. keep going i'm sorry i'm sorry uh like ends up fucking ended up uh killing himself doing it around and he was like going to this was like after the death of Ayrton senna in f1 so he was like actually trying to get them to cancel like the british grand prix that year something crazy like that and he was just like this is on this is Barbaric. It was like this could be this also complete. This is also could be some complete horseshit that I saw on a forum fucking fifteen years ago. I don't know That's anymore. That's valid too. It, you know, wrestling is gross at gmail dot com. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Yeah, he's he's choking him, and it's 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 very sick. Uh, the 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 thing that happens right after he stops choking him, and he takes the rope. And he throws it into the crowd, and it hits either a woman or, like, a little kid in the shoulder. And they're, like, cheering. They're, like, way into it. And it hits him right in the arm. I don't know if you saw that. Um, yeah. He's beating on Terry some more. Higuchi finally gets back in, and Hanson covers Terry. But Joe informs him that th- his foot is under the rope, so that's not going to be legal there, Stan. <laughs> And against uh, all odds, this match is somehow still going. I thought Joe was going to say, no, the match is over. But he's just saying, no, you can't pin him because his foot's under the rope. 
Yeah, they're they're just letting the, he's just letting this go. Well, Joe didn't see anything. He doesn't know what happened. Yeah. He was out there, you know. Um, Dory, this is where Dory comes in. We find, well, this is the finish now. It's a no contest or whatever. Dory Funk comes in in a dress shirt and a tie, and he looks fucking old. <laughs> he looks so goddamn old, but he does. Look he gets like to a the bike and says, "I'm fucking old." He, I'm, well, he didn't actually do that. <laughs> he uh, what is he? He tries to fight Hanson. He he yeah. He's he doesn't to... throw a punch, but he does take Joe Higuchi and throw him out of the ring. Oh, yeah, he's like, fuck you, I'm trying to protect my brother. I'm old, and you're old, and we're all fucking old. He's but... getting sta- I mean, his clean white dress shirt is getting stained like a motherfucker. Yes. He's got this yellow tie on. It's great. He does look good. He does look good. He dresses, he dresses like he feels fucking old. Um, he... Oh, yeah, also, he... He manages to grab a toehold on Hanson. That's right. Dory Funk also in a dress shirt and yellow tie gets dropped a, a, a spinning toehold. If you're a Funk, you're doing a spinning toehold. He's yeah, you're just going to do a fucking spinning toehold. He used that move to win the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. God damn it, he's gonna do the fucking spinning toehold. Spinning toehold rocks. It's just that I I feel like how many times in like our lifetime uh, of Terry wrestling that or or Dory wrestling did we actually see it like used as an effective move i mean it's it's always a f- so the thing about wrestling is it's a work and it, an effective move is a move that prop, pops the crowd and you know what popped yeah. the fucking crowd was terry like doing that motion and grabbing like, a motherfucker by the foot yeah. and swirling that's around. a pop so yes effective uh, but in the match, no. It's he. They nobody ever won a match with it except for Dory won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship with it, and then Terry also used that same move to beat Jack Briscoe for the NWA World Championship, as Jim Ross will tell us later on. Um, also, here uh, Dory takes a scoop slam in a dress shirt. Also, <laughs> so not only is he He's a thousand years old. He's wearing a dress shirt and a tie. Hanson hits him with a scoop slam, and then oh, but Dory rolls out of the way of the big elbow drop, and yeah, and, and then hits a single babyface forearm smash, and Hanson then retreats. And uh, doctors and so like I think a young Tenru maybe are there to check on Terry after the match. And then of all people who comes into the ring, who comes into the ring after that? A young Atsushi Onita. Is it Onita? I thought it was Tenryu. Onita in this weird I thought that like, was sailor suit, like combination of like security outfit. I don't know how to fucking explain it. Is he the one that's checking on Terry? Yes. I thought that was Tenryu. Okay. No, no, that is Onita. Cool. That's cool. And it, that, which is the most perfect Onita moment? It's like it's my dad. Yeah. Right. Daddy, Absolutely. Uncle Dory. <laughs> Uncle Dory. Dad, fucking dying. Get the fuck mm. out of my way. Wow. And they're just carrying. Him, uh, it's, the, it's great. You know, they show a... So, as this is happening, occasionally another streamer or two are getting thrown in the ring. <laughs> the crowd's still, like, way into this. Even though they're just watching a, a guy get attended to by medical staff now. Um, and then they show a shot of the cheerleaders again. And honestly, anyone who went to high school and has seen this match, can you imagine your, like, high school's cheerleading class going to see this fucking match? Oh, yeah. Damn. Japanese chicks are the coolest. Um, and on that note, <laughs> um, anything else on this one? Oh, it's just a great match. It's it so it, it's um the one babyface Terry performance we have of the selection, but it's That's it's phenomenal. True. 
it's sure. where it's where uh, free babyface performances. He's the man. He's so good in this. Um, and we're you know later on we'll get babyface flair, which is always funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess babyface Terry Funk in my head is old, but it's also it's you know it's also I guess it's it's the Abby Sheik matches and it's and it's Japan, but then in, in America specifically. When I think of Funk as a babyface, I, I, maybe it's a lack of '70s territories footage is the reason, but I only think of him as an old man. It's that combination. It's the age that allows him to be truly vulnerable as a yes. uh, pro wrestler, and he's he ends up being one of the greatest like vulnerable pro wrestlers of all time. He just he just has a natural like humanity that transcends for everything he does yeah. through his entire career. But like this is when he is allowing himself to be uh like like just like all right i'm emotionally fucking naked it doesn't matter anymore <laughs> what the fuck are they gonna yeah do this to was me? supposed to be his last run right so he's he's yeah. definitely he's putting it all on the table for sure uh forever and ever from beyond the mat um okay well, let's take a take a little moment play that terry funk song from his japanese record probably right yeah and we'll be right back and we'll go to puerto rico for the Technically, second time ever on this podcast. Odd. Is that true? Is that right? Uh, well, we did the uh, fucking uh, Dome of Death, right? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's our fault. Yeah, that's the only one I even know. Right. My teacher don't like my music, and she don't like my clothes. Up your nose with a rubber hose. I'd like to shove her where the sun don't go. Because we hate school, but we love rock and roll. Thinking about Raider Rock. There you go. Think, I was I was taking a Raider Rock. Yeah, that's, that's what we call it. Dude, dude that dude's what a thing. Anyway, Raider so, Rock. Shouts out to the uh, Carnage Raider Cup 2021. Um. Okay. Can't wait for this year's. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> September 20th, 1986. Terry <laughs> Funk versus Rick Martel. I believe this is a, a tournament match for the wwc uh heavyweight championship i could be wrong on the that. universal championship no ah yes not that anymore it should, it no, should have I, been believe, that. I think it is that yeah. yeah they uh of course there's a weird funny thing about the universal championship is like the the way it was created was like illegally <laughs> to offshoot from the nwa title from like cologne yeah. beating flair and then they made it like well if they won't sanction it we recognize carlos cologne as the champion you know um and he was and they were right to do it. Uh, this is from Double Double C, right? Yeah. Isn't that what they call it? Yeah, WWC. Uh, yeah, but they call it Double Double. Maybe. This, I swear, I've heard people call it Double Double C. <laughs> I've heard, uh, who's the guy? Who's the guy who posts, a, who, that was on PWO that was like well, the big. Al Bariqua? 
El Bariqua called it Double Double C. I believe that. That's where I heard it from. He's got on, a great voice. He does. He was on some, maybe Zellner, like Exile on Bad Street yes, or whatever. Yeah, him and him, Zellner and Dylan and shit like that. Good stuff. Yeah, good, good stuff. podcast. Definitely. Um, Martel is a mega baby face here. He's super uh, over, it seems uh, like. Or maybe, yeah. maybe it's just Terry that's over. I can't really tell. I think Martel is over. It's just, it's a perfect combination, though. Martel, see, uh, so, all right. Obviously, we've we've never done Puerto Rico on this show. We need to do some Puerto Rico stuff on the show. The one time we did Puerto Rico match was very briefly in our year-end show where we did the match that was uh, – it was Savio Vega versus – was it Huracan Ramirez it, or something? It was Manny Ferno. Manny Ferno. Okay. Hur- a, guy, a guy who kind of looks like Puerto Rican Ethan Page. Right, as we talked about on that show. Um, and they fought in the Globe of Death match. Yeah. I believe it was what it was called, uh, which was – it was a match that took place entirely in one of those metal balls that people drive motorcycles in a circle in <laughs> at If the you've carnival. seen Place behind, Beyond the Pines, you, you've seen it. You saw Gosling's character do it. I'm pretty sure it's also in the film The Jerk, directed by Carl Reiner. <laughs> Ooh. I'm pretty sure the lady that Steve Martin hooks up with on the traveling carnival thing is drives the globe of death. Um, so yeah, that's a great match. Also check that one out, but this is, yeah. this is now the, this, this is, is the a first. different thing. Yeah. I think was that, I don't even know what promotion that would have been. I think that uh, was IWA. That was, yeah. Um, so this is double double C, um, and Terry Funk is, Coming off of the um, the time he spent in WWF, he went to WWF for, like, what, six months? About that, uh, yeah. Him and Dory. Dory, who was renamed Haas Funk. Haas Funk. And was, let me tell you, fucking old. They should call him Old Funk or whatever. <laughs> he looked like shit when he was there. No, he was good. Everybody's good. The, the matches are good. Uh, everybody should check out the Hogan-Terry matches, the one from Saturday Night Main Event. Uh, that was, I think, shot in December '85, but aired January '86, and but also their their match from uh, December from I don't know if it's the Spectrum or if it's the Boston Garden or what, but yeah, um, their matches are great. And Terry in WWF is awesome. He's having a great time, and he you could tell he loves working with Hogan because it's an easy fucking day for him. I mean. For the record, he was about he was there for just under a year. Okay. Yeah. Um, WrestleMania two was the one big mania appearance, but yeah, um, it's just one pay per view appearance, I guess. Or I guess it wasn't really pay per view yet, though. So. Yeah, I don't know if he's on like the uh, the big sh- the big event or whatever. Yeah, the big event. He's not on the wrestling. Cla- is he on the wrestling classic? <laughs> yeah. Um, the big event. He get his he get his pay per views eventually. Yeah, sure, sure. He's on One Night Stand 2006, famously. Um, he's got the uh, the blue poncho here, which became sort of his his look in this run. Yeah, um, and through the WCW through the NWA run in the late 80s, um, the blue poncho with the blue uh, chaps. Yeah. And of course, this is on a baseball field, as I assume every Puerto Rican show has ever. <laughs> taken place has to take a place on a baseball field is that correct Either that or basketball gym that too yo you're right slash venom versus uh 
versus uh, Ricky, Ricky, Banderas. Ricky Banderas, of course, famously. One of my favorite basketball gym matches. <laughs> God. For the record, of course, Terry Funk undefeated at WrestleMania. Yes. Oh, yes. That's absolutely true. Um, lost the titles back the next night, but, you know, he had his moment. Dusty goddamn finish. That guy's always trying to come for the Funks, even though that's just, <laughs> that's just a joke, because uh, he was not... And they're actually good friends. not in that promotion, yeah. <laughs> and they're also all next to each other. Um, Special guest referee Robert Conrad for the cage match between Hulk Hogan and King Kong Bundy. <laughs> I, I think the celebrities for WrestleMania 2 are, like, so fucking funny. Mania 2 is awesome. <laughs> it's so strange. That fucking football, the football player battle royal is absurd. When was the last time you watched that thing? Oh, fuck, I don't fucking remember. It's crazy to watch now that you know, like, what wrestlers move like. Watching yeah. that match, it seems, it's almost dangerous. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pretty good, pretty good. Boxing, oh, God, the bo- I forgot this one. The boxing match between yeah. uh, Mr. T and Roddy Piper. Of course. It had, a, it had over a year of build. How did you forget about it? <laughs> no, 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 I forgot the belt. Oh, the judges. Belt. Okay, who are the judges? Hit me. Cab Calloway. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, G. Gordon Liddy, right? Yeah, Daryl Dawkins and G. Gordon Daryl Lee. Daryl Dawkins? Is, <laughs> I would have never gotten Dawkins. the most 80s, like yeah, the that's... most Vince combination of men. Yep. Right? Like, Absolutely. Rah, rah, rah. God. Commentary by Vince McMahon and Susan St. James, for the mm-hmm. record. And Jesse and Gorilla for part of it, too. And, yeah. Um, that, that, that was the uh, part in Uniondale. Yes, of course. Jesse, Jesse's Cross. not going to LA unless you're going to pay him, brother. Yeah. Um, uh, Chicago <laughs> had uh, Gorilla and Gene. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I love that we just... I, I, when I think about 1986, I think about WrestleMania 2. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just like the, it's like the only thing I can think of that happened in 1986. That and I think Hoosiers came out that year. That's all I got. Um, yeah, so... Challenger field. blew up. Challenger was that? I thought that was eighty seven. It's eighty six. No, it's eighty six. Yeah, I would have guessed and that. Hmm. That starts it, uh, the yeah the fucking uh, you know uh, the season premiere of that or no it's like the second episode of that Glow season. Oh, I didn't watch Glow. That's fun. It's good. Uh, no, it's genuinely good. It's really really good. I watched parts of it. Yeah. On like porn websites. <laughs> I've seen one scene from Glow. Um. <laughs> so all right here we go i digress i do digress i tend to digress occasionally yeah um martel gives terry a good smack and terry retreats to the dirt um he it was one punch and he decided i'm getting out and i you know terry loves to get dirty he loves to get yeah. he loves to like remove his pants on the floor and roll around in the dirt <laughs> um he loves to powder in the dirt. He loves to powder in the dirt, for sure. Um, Martel ends up with his poncho in the ring and does a fucking knee drop to the poncho. <laughs> to he's, yeah, him. He's, like, he's like kicking the hat and shit. It's great. A knee drop to the poncho. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Um, and Martel has some really solid punches. They're not as good as Hanson or Lawler, but they're pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, Terry falls down away from Martel to sort of stop him and, and beg off. And Terry retreats to the floor. Um, he doesn't get, like, thrown out. He just goes out there on his own power. And he uh, goes to the post where he, like, retrieves an object of some kind and tries to hide it behind his back. And it's hilarious. It's like, a, so is it the branding iron or is it some other stick? 
I think it's some other stick. It could be the branding iron, though, honestly. He's got a big, like, a cane, or it's like it's a it's like a three-foot stick, and he's trying to hide it behind his back. And when he when the ref catches him, he just, like, drops it to the ground and acts like he never had it. <laughs> um, and then, all right, all right, so I, I do want to say, before we get into the rest, this match is nothing. This is a nothing match. It's, it's a nothing <laughs> match, but it's also all of the match. It's, it's really... Like- it is really top notch. Um, it's one of the most fascinating. It's one of the greatest bullshit performances of all time. It really is, and it's light work for Martel. Let me tell you, <laughs> he doesn't have shit to do here. I mean, he does a good job. He like don't get me wrong. He does a Martel's awesome, and I, and we like Martel a lot. I think we're both Martel fans. Yeah, uh, Mar- I like Martel a whole lot. Yeah, he's cool. He's a cool guy. The AWA stuff is awesome. Yeah. Um, Strike Force. And also, he's a good heel in fucking when I was a kid. I love the model. I love the model. fucking blindfold match. It rocks. Yeah. Um, Terry, uh, Terry hits him with a body slam, uh, climbs to the top rope, and for no reason at all, he just starts wiggling his legs. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and then he just falls off the top and hits his nuts on the top rope, <laughs> falls to the floor, and then does the chicken walk, which we've talked about. Last week, I think, and also yeah. maybe on half the episodes of the show. The thing that he does when he he gets hit in the balls, and it really does... His it, balls have gone internal, basically. Yeah, they went up in him, for sure. And he, it's... I don't... I chicken walk. I don't even know how to describe it. He's, like, he's like doing uh, measured breathing, like they teach you in yeah. Lamaze class. Um, he's, like, he's... And he's just doing these little steps with his knees bowed in, and it's just the it's the funniest fucking thing. He did it in the Hogan matches too, but this one is really great because the camera yeah. gets right up on him, and also the people here fucking hate him. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> such a fuck, and he's so ready to fucking hate back. It's yeah. great. Well, yeah, so he sort of chicken walks his fucking hurt nuts out to the fence behind home plate, and then he just begins throwing wooden chairs um, into the. And so if they would, he he's hurling them into the audience basically, but they're protected by the net that's there to like catch foul balls. Yeah. So he's throwing these heavy looking wooden chairs at the crowd, and they're just being caught by this net. And honestly, I mean, this could have fucking killed somebody. Oh yeah. <laughs> these chairs look like they're fifty pounds, and he's hurling them at this net that could have given given way, or you know, there's a spot, or even just sagged in and hurt somebody in the very front row and come down on somebody's hand and broken their fucking fingers or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's absurd. Um, and again. He didn't get thrown off the top rope. He wasn't crotched by like somebody hitting the ropes. He just fell off. <laughs> Which is the part I always forget about this match. Because, again, this is also a match I've seen probably ten times. <laughs> and he... I always think... Well, yeah. Martel, you know, went up and, like, hit his feet. Or Martel, like, hit the ropes. Or, you know, maybe Martel pushed the referee. Referee hit the ropes. You know, there's a million ways. Oh, my nuts! A million ways to hurt your nuts in a wrestling match. Usually it's not that you went up and just got dizzy and fell. (laughs) Taking a self-inflicted nut shot. It's a Terry Funk classic. Nobody could do this and not look like a fucking idiot. I mean, and he does look like an idiot, but he's... Also, he he won the world champion from Jack Briscoe with the spinning toe hold. He's, he's you know, bored. Like, <laughs> we know this guy is a legit guy. Um, he's just having a bad day, and his nuts are up inside of him right now. You know, it um, happens. 
It does happen. Um, he he throws like three or four chairs <laughs> into the net, and then uh, the cops and like security and what looks to be a couple members from like a paramilitary group have to help him uh, come back to the ring. <laughs> like it really like who are those guys in the the olive uniforms and why do they look like like uh, revolutionary fighters? <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> so cool. This is the best match ever. Uh, so yeah, I get light work for Martel. Uh, he, Terry comes in and they lock up, uh, sends him off the ropes, shoulder block. Uh, Funk uh, bounces off the rope. Martel does a drop down, and Funk on his next pass again doesn't get hit by a move. Hey, this is him selling a drop down on a fucking rope running spot. He just kind of falls over the top rope. Halfway over, Martel reaches after him, tries to grab him to pull him back in, but only gets the trunks, leading to Funk's entire ass being exposed. This Pure is, ass, showing ass. It it's is great, and it is a very white against the the tan. The tan line is significant. He's um, got farmer's ass. He's got farmer's ass, but like a farmer that does his he 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 sows his crops in a speedo. You know, <laughs> like it's yeah. a nice it's a nice trunks tan. Uh, this is not, you know, Funk Funk worked a whole last tour in trunks, outdoor stadiums, no problem. Didn't realize this was going to be an issue, you know? Uh, he, so, <laughs> so the crowd goes insane. Uh, Funk walks around the ring for about 30, 45 seconds with his ass exposed, drawing with Puerto Rican fans, acting like he doesn't know. Um, wow, I'm sorry, my son is playing Super Smash Brothers in there, and it's very loud. Um I'm going to go close the door. We're going to do this while I record the podcast and hopefully nothing fucks up. Um, hey, it's too loud. I'm trying to talk about Terry Funk hurting his balls. <sighs> These will be valuable lessons for him to not go up the top rope, but unless you're sure that you're not going to hurt your balls. <laughs> I mean, you should see the way he plays Smash Brothers. He really doesn't have a grasp on... Uh, like logical fighting, he just hits buttons, you know. That's right. Shit, I don't think I ever got past that. He'll get there. Anyway, He'll get there. <laughs> um, so the crowd's going insane, and uh, he's just like he walking around with his pale white ass, exposed to Puerto Ricans. Um, he he gets an argument with like a big chunky dad in the third row until the, those paramilitary guys come back in. <laughs> There's some tubby white looking people, which are very funny. Yeah, there's a the crowd is great. It's it's an interesting. There's like maybe 200 people on the field, and then there seem to be thousands in the stands. <laughs> yeah. So whoever paid to sit in those wooden chairs, like on the third baseline, those are the high rollers of of Bayamon or where? Oh was yeah. The, where is this? I didn't, this is Bayamon. Is it Bayamon? Okay. Um. So he puts his ass away. <laughs> Terry finally puts his ass away. Then he goes in and he attempts to shake Martel's hand. This is like a minute long spot. <laughs> Martel refuses. And then Funk looks at the referee and he's like, look, what gives ref? Why won't he shake my hand? And he keeps trying and Martel refuses to shake his hand. They play to the crowd a little bit. Martel's like, should I do it? No, of course I'm not going to do it. And Terry's like, why won't he do it? <laughs> and eventually then Terry shakes the referee's hand. And then we move into the real physical work when they fight over a top wrist lock. <laughs> it's awesome. It is truly, this is truly the funniest match of all time. <laughs> uh, Most possible taken around. Yes, yes. 
uh, Terry backs Martell into the corner with the top wrist lock uh, battle that they were fighting. Let's go and pats him on the fucking ribs. It's just like nothing, nothing. Martell then grabs a, a you know a, a hard side headlock. He's really cranking Terry around. Terry backs him into the ropes. Clean break. Rubs his fingers through his hair. Martel grabs another headlock. Terry backs him up. Clean break. Terry appears to be now clear, like cleaning his ears out. <laughs> he's like, he's like acting like he doesn't understand that he's getting booed. So he's just like, how could those, how could such a clean sportsman like sports entertainment superstar get booed? You know, <laughs> gotta yeah. clear it out. Um, I love clearing the ears out with my finger. You know, I like that. To that's a great heel move. Nobody ever sticks their own finger in their ear to give it to the fans like i can't hear you i've got too much shit in my ears <laughs> yeah um and then i don't know <laughs> he grabs a headlock on martel and he plays to the cr- this is where he starts cl- playing to the crowd like a baby face for a second he starts like like stomping his foot like he's getting a, like he's trying to get a clap chant started and then he's immediately just uh brings the foot backwards into martel's balls <laughs> <laughs> And the ref kind of sees it, kind of doesn't, and they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. People are getting hit in the nuts in this match, I guess. Just gotta let it go. Just gotta, you know, we we gotta, we, we, we could have a riot on our hands from Terry Funk. <laughs> Terry Funk's but- nuts caused another riot. And his pale white ass. <laughs> what a great match. Um, okay, and then here's the only, this is the two big bumps of the match, are, <laughs> which are also both kind of crazy. Um, I guess they're not sequential, but, uh, so Terry takes Martel out to the third baseline, pile drives him on the grass and then throws, so it picks up a single piece of trash that was some, a, a fan had discarded, not discarded, yeah. just left sitting there. <laughs> he picks up a piece of trash and throws it in Martel's face and it hits him right in the eye for no reason. It was oh, like, a, yeah. like a crumpled up, like plastic solo cup is what it looked like. He just picks it up and he throws it and it hits Martel in the eye. <laughs> Uh, and then Terry kind of wanders into the ring, uh, and then back out occasionally, and they kind of, they're like talking shit and spitting at each other. Um, and then Terry, uh, once they, once they're both back in, Terry gets a snapmare and a chin lock, baby. <laughs> um, and Martel hulks out of the sleeper hold, uh, elbows his way out. And then Terry gets the strand of wrist tape, which he wraps around Martel's throat, grabs the sleeper to cover the fucking tape that he's using to choke him out with. And I'm pretty sure somebody just did this in AEW in like the last month. Probably watching, probably saw, watch this match. Yeah. I'm pretty sure somebody just did this spot. Um, I love a good uh, choking out with the, with the wrist tape. It's always, it's, I've never seen that and feel like, like that, that always makes me feel like, happy. It's clever. It. It's it's using you know it's the same as using it's using every part of the ring, using every part of your your gear. You know, um, it's great. It's it's uh it's also dastardly. Only you have to be pure evil to even think of such a thing. Um, and then Martel manages to turn the tables on Terry, grabs the tape away, uses it to choke him out, and they both spill over the top to the floor. Um, in a, I guess the other big bump uh, and then Terry. So Terry gets sent into the wooden chairs and Terry makes it a point to make sure that his head is stuck inside one of the wooden chairs so that he can then walk into Martel. <laughs> so Martel can pile drive him on the grass of this fucking 
Puerto Rican baseball field while Terry has a fucking wooden chair wrapped around his goddamn head. It's so good. Unbelievable. Um, and then Terry gets up, you know, I mean, Terry gets up with it still around his neck and is like selling it all the way to the ring. Like he, and he climbs up on the apron and he tries to get in the ring and it's still around his head and he can't get through the ropes because it's like catching on the, <laughs> cause it's too wide to get through the ropes. It's so fucking funny. That's so funny. That is like cartoon of the highest caliber. That is Carl Barks and Chuck Jones. Like that is, yeah. <laughs> that is a Walt Disney himself and his little slaves could not have fucking animated this any better. Um, great. Excellent stuff. Um, and then, you know, the finish is also perfect. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> finish is so fucking funny too. Martel sunset flips him from the apron into the ring. And then Terry just sits on him and holds onto the top yeah. rope. Ref doesn't give a shit. Has no He's- idea. Ref has no awareness of this. It could be looking right at it and be like, "Wait, is that is he not is he not allowed to do that? I don't know." That, the ref here also looks hilarious. This like very, he looks like like a proto version of Todd Sinclair or something, or like fucking <laughs> like like a dumber version of Mike Keener or something. He's weird. He's like a. You're weird... only using other schlubby sh- uh, refs as a reference point because <laughs> this is an extremely schlubby <laughs> white ref. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's killing it. Um, definitely did his job that night. Was definitely present for the for the three count. Um, and then Terry gets out quickly, holding up one finger, being like, "Yeah, told you, I'm the fucking man now, bitch." The crowd is not happy. <laughs> There's like a few men like walking up close to the ring, yelling at the ref to tell him they got it wrong. It's like it's crazy. Yeah, it's it always. That's the thing about Puerto Rico is that it does always feel like they're they might kill Chicky Star tonight. Might be the night. You know, <laughs> he might have said too much. Um, there's a, and then Funk comes back and teases getting back in and fakes him out and points to his big old brain. You know, the whole thing. He does every fucking trick in the book, and it's a perfect match. It's seven stars, and I love it. Put it on my That's tombstone. Fantastic. Oh, I am exhausted just thinking about that one again. <laughs> that is the greatest match. I fucking love that match. I. I I dare anyone to find a, a better example of, of less is more than that yeah. than that match. Um and we we were talking about minimalism, um and like Franz von Beuten and uh and and uh Dave Taylor in the Perotten comp match. Um and then he what you what did you say that this was more like Springsteen acoustic? Yeah. And, and that is and what 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 is Van Bite what is Perotten comp? That's like Sono. It's like sun. I think it's just sun. I think you don't pronounce the O, but it's always confused me. I'm pretty sure you just say sun, and the O is a, literally a sun. Um, yeah, it's like awful drone. That's accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's drone. This is uh, this is Nebraska. <laughs> All right, main event time. Main event time from Baltimore, Maryland, on July twenty third, nineteen eighty nine. We. Uh, Go to the Great American Bash. The final stop on the Great American Bash tour in 1989. That was supposed to be David Crockett. Yep. And it's Terry Funk <laughs> that versus Ric Flair for the World Heavyweight Championship. 
Indeed it is. Did you see the fucking – how fucking funny is the intro to uh, Great American Bash 89 with like the restoration of the harbor is just terrific. I didn't watch that, but after this ended, I caught the beginning of 90 where they had uh, Oli, Arn, Sid, and Flair, and Sting on the faces of the Founding Fathers in famous paintings. Jesus. <laughs> and it had the subtitle New Revolution. So that's cool. I didn't watch Great the American <laughs> Bash without Dusty is even is even crazier than like Great American Bash with Dusty. Yeah. Well, and when Great I think of Great American Bash, about the American Dream, but I am the American Dream, but also I understand the American Dream. But it's not even me myself. We can talk about a bath. We can talk about a bath, baby. <laughs> I'm about to take myself a bath. <laughs> um. Yeah, and, Dusty. If you ain't. Quit your mouth and off like you're about to take a bath in that harbor, Bubba. <laughs> God, yeah, that is the that is the big thing about eighty nine and why and why Flair is a babyface, right? It's because Dusty's just gone. Just so, Dusty's gone. He Steamboat in, was not gonna be able to carry the company as a babyface. They all knew this. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. And it it makes for one of Flair's best years. He gets to show all sides of himself. And you get and you know what? It also means Terry Funk's fucking here because someone's got to fucking be here, and he is relatively fresh I uh, mean, in terms listen. of physically, and also he, he just made fucking Roadhouse, man. He's he's he just he's made doing Roadhouse, great. of course, of course. We yeah, I didn't think about that. I didn't even think about that. Um, I didn't. I don't like, think I heard Ross bring it up on commentary. He was too busy talking about where he went to high school or whatever. <laughs> Uh, this is, of course, the era where Jim Ross was not yet a commentator and just would read the Wikipedia for every... Yeah. I don't know how he had Wikipedia in 89, but he fucking did. Um, so, that what I was going to say was that if you had a uh, heel flair and a babyface funk, this match doesn't really work. I mean, obviously, it would be a, it would, they'd have to do a totally different type of match uh, with a totally different yeah. type of setup angle. Um, but... Flair as a heel, his he worked with guys that like beat the shit out of him. Terry Funk is a sympathy babyface. He's not an ass kicker babyface. He can be. He can be anything. Terry Funk, but Terry Funk is best working from beneath, um, and or or doing shtick. And Flair needs a guy. Flair needs to work from underneath too. Um, as a heel, he yeah. he does the same thing. He's he's a, he's very much is a, a wily, you know. Um, Escape and and use the trickery. I mean, everybody's seen Ric Flair wrestle. We know what. Everybody How knows what many about. times did they refer to him as the dirtiest player mm-hmm. in the game? Yeah, right. That's, yeah, which is and a, you know it's, it works for him. Yeah, which is a great line for here too, where he is the babyface, and that was always kind of the thing with that that uh, nickname was it really works for when he's when he's the 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 good guy, uh, but he's still doing eye pokes, you know? Yeah, or, or like. When he uh, has the match with Vader at Starcade '93, and he oh, hits the him with the fucking chair and the knee, I, that which is my favorite Flair match, I think. Yeah, I, it's such a fucking good match. I think it's just yeah. like just Flair, Flair again, the the same thing of like, you know, familiarity like will babyface anybody, and it's like sure. Flair when Flair's like not going out there talking about like, whoa, I was fucking your dad. Woo! <laughs> Your audio just got really quiet. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, he was. He said he fucked 
Savage's dad. Is that what? You have to presume that he said that, that he meant that he fucked Angela Poppo's yeah. dad. Unless he, uh, um, he he meant that, or he meant that he beat Miss Elizabeth. Well, I don't, I don't like think that. That's true. I don't care for that. I'd much rather think he think about him fucking Angela Poppo. Angela Poppo. I agree. <laughs> Angelo pulling a gun on him if he doesn't keep going. <laughs> better suck me off. That's pretty funny, actually. Um, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's also a bit of a, a it's also a slight rape joke. Rape, rape joke. I said rape joke, but it's some you know. kind of rape joke. <laughs> I that might need to be edited out. No, that's you've definitely stole that from somebody. Oh, I, well, I've been talking. I've been thinking about jape, but I don't think I've ever heard that combination. Of I words. haven't either, but it's too clever to both cut out or give you credit for. <laughs> God damn you! <laughs> so it's in, and whoever said it first, you owe them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um. All right, War Games match from this show, underrated. I think it's mostly, oh, it's really good. It's mostly bloodless, and it's kind of a work rate war game. Yeah, it's right? not. It like yeah, they say the. It's I don't think there's any uh, blading. There yeah. might be some hard way cut from like the cage, but yeah, and it's work rate. It, it's uh you know, uh pa- babyface Midnight Express, yeah, uh, Doctor Death at sort of his peak in WCW, uh the weird heat. Like tough guy working heel version of uh, the Freebirds with uh, fucking Jimmy Jam Garvin, and, like no selling shit and getting his ass whipped and just mm. um, the Samoan SWAT team. Of course, they're always going to be putting the work boots on, and uh, the Road Warriors are happy to just right do and everybody there is happy to like. That's a cool group of guys. Thing. I mean, yeah. that's, I, I I didn't I didn't watch that match before this, but I I watched the finish of it, or well, I watched the post match angle. I, yeah, I watched that um when we were prepping our episode in tribute to Bobby Eaton because okay. I wanted I wasn't sure. sure if I wanted to include it or not. That's but I right just, before, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I went with the uh, night Halloween uh, Havoc <laughs> '89 to Halloween Havoc '90, and I thought that worked. That perfectly. was your year. Yeah, well, I did watch Capital Combat 90, and I got to see the Pillman and Z-Man match again, so. <laughs> Is that right? It's Pillman and Z-Man? Yeah, it's Pillman and Z-Man, yeah. yeah. In my head, it's Armstrong and Z-Man, but it's not. Um, so, yeah, Great American Bash 89. Um, Gordon Soley is with the six-time heavyweight champion, babyface Ric Flair. Um, Gordon tells us that the only other people who've ever been six-time champions are Harley Race and Luthez. It's pretty rare air. Um, Flair cuts a very reserved and almost human promo. Yeah. It's a good promo. <laughs> I'm it's not joking. Yes, it promo. is a good promo. He shows a lot of vulnerability. Um, I think it's interesting that this is his interpretation of what a babyface should be in the late 80s, uh, like directly in conflict with what Savage was doing and what Hogan had been doing. Yeah. Um, like This is the opposite of that. I find, like, it, I find Rick it interesting. Like, baby face is someone who has to confront the idea of sincerity and, yeah. like, Suddenly personal have to be a real modesty guy. and all of that. He can't be shameless. He yeah. has to, like, like he, he has to, like, look through the darkness uh, to see the light. And it's not through, like, his fucking pythons because he's, like, a 42-year-old man with right. white hair who can't stop taking his dick out after he has too many sea breezes <laughs> and still to this day um god i did not watch the uh kill tony clip uh, but oh I, no I, yeah, I, 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 i'm glad that i now know what kill tony is after just seeing that 
that word and being like, well, I don't know what that is. Now I know what it is. So that's good, right? Becoming, Maybe. Becoming more informed. Um, but yeah, it's a good promo. It is a good promo. Um, a, a lot of focus on the neck. Um, of course, Funk, after the final Flair steamboat match at Wrestle War, um, Funk attacked Flair in a big, a big uh, angle. Funk was there as a former NWA champion who was there to be one of the judges if the match went to a, a no contest or a, you know, a judge's decision or whatever the fuck yeah, they call it. A time limit draw. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then he shockingly attacked Flair. Uh, he, and that was right after Roadhouse, right? So he's there basically, and it seems like he's there. Oh, well, he's from Roadhouse. He's here to promote Roadhouse. And remember, he used to be world heavyweight champion. Yeah, we and haven't so seen was, Terry Funk in ages. I wonder how he's doing. Yeah, from what I understand, it was a shocking thing, and nobody expected him to get physically involved at all, much less turn on the top baby face. Um, so that's cool. Um, Jim Ross is wearing a cummerbund, which is also cool. Oh, God, I pointed it. I was laughing so hard at the fucking cummerbund. Yeah, that's great. It's good. It's good. You love to see him, um, even though he's... Matching uh, a cummerbund that matches the tie. Yes. Bow tie. Yes. I mean, I assume they – I think you have to do that. I think they got to come as a set. Yeah. I've never worn a cummerbund, but I, I imagine that it you can't buy one without it coming with a tie <laughs> and probably like cufflinks or something. Um, all right. So Caudle, um, Caudle says Funk is the master of the pile driver. JR says that Flair is one pile driver away from being the former champion. Um, they – they go deep on the on the pile driver being the the move that takes out the neck. Yeah. Um, which is you know obviously that is the logic of the pile driver. The pile driver it's is one ex- of the great moves. It's extremely straightforward. It's you just get dumped on your head and it fucks up your neck it and your spine. Compresses the spine. It also does impact to the top of the head often. Uh, and you know I mean it's not supposed to in theory. <laughs> your, your top of your head shouldn't necessarily be hitting. Um, like that's how Austin broke his neck or whatever. Um, yeah. but usually it does a little bit. And so you can also use it as an impact move in, in like weapon matches and stuff by doing that move onto a, onto an item of some kind, you know, um, a sharp thing or a blunt thing. There's, you could, you could do a pile driver on anything. Just watched, um, a, something, uh, part of a match from 15 fucking years ago in triple uh, A, Jolie dare hitting, uh, sit out tombstone, through a ladder on uh, Through Extreme a Tiger. Ladder. Oof. Was that like a big multi-man, or was that one-on-one? Yeah, it was a uh, triple threat uh, for, for the belts. Who's the third the tag guy? tag belts. Oh, uh, okay, never mind. Extreme, that, yeah. That's going to be a lot of guys. Was, Jack Evans okay. is in there. and <laughs> Yes, yeah, it was Nicho and Jolie Dare mm-hmm, versus mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Evans and Teddy Hart. Wow, how did I guess? <laughs> Extreme Tiger and Kenta. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah that's a good. That's a fun era of Triple A. Um, we got Gary Hart here. Gary motherfucking Hart, one of the one of the greatest and coolest managers of all time. One of my a, a top five promo, in my opinion. I Absolutely. Think in the late eighties, I wa- I wa- I've seen so I've seen every episode of World Championship Wrestling from eighty seven up until I think the end of eighty nine. Um. I watched every single one of them. I torrented them before the network was even a thing. Hell yeah. Um, this was like 2011, 2012. And I watched every single one, along with the pay-per-views and whatever, you know, the Crockett Cups and whatever stuff I could find, house show footage. I've seen this, – it's one of the periods I've seen the most of is 87 to 89 NWA or World Championship Wrestling or whatever you want to call it. Um, Crockett territory. 
Um, some, some Mid Atlantic. Yeah, yes. Also Georgia. It's confusing. I always found that really confusing because I didn't really understand that they like. I didn't, it took me until watching all that footage. When I was a kid, I, did, I it was hard to understand the territories. It's hard to understand who's affiliated with who, who hates who, which mm-hmm. guys went from this territory to that tor- territory. Or I, I found it very confusing. And now I find it just interesting, of course, as we yeah. all do. We all love to look at the 80s and see who had a cup of coffee here and six months there and didn't get over there but got made crazy over the, in this other place. You know, it's, it's very interesting because now it's also anonymous. Yep. <laughs> um, so, do you remember how Gary Hart would call him Ricky Flair in promos? Yes. <laughs> That's my favorite shit. I love the way Gary Hart would cut people down in the most, in the simplest, but like just uh, most precise ways. Um, Gary Hart is, if you, if you don't know Gary Hart and you listen to this, just watch some Gary Hart promos from 89, especially. This, this is the JTEX Corporation, is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, which is Terry Funk. Gary Hart and the Great Muda, and I, I guess, is Dirty Dick around? Is he, is he not there at the moment? I don't, no, I don't know. think he's there at the moment. Uh, Dragon Master. Oh, Dragon Master, of course. Um, yeah. So it's a, it, it was, uh, a, a, you know, a, a group of heels created because the Four Horsemen suddenly weren't around anymore. You know, um, yeah. I think they would reform immediately in 1990, if I remember right, with Oli and Sid. And I think Barry Wyndham's still around too, but um, so it's a weird era with Babyface Flair. Um, he hasn't been a babyface since '83 or whatever, right? Yeah, like because he he always he like '83, '85 Flair until the beginning of the Four Horsemen. Mm-hmm. There are moments where he is more or less the face. Uh, the feud, the Battle of the Nature Boys, him and Buddy Landell. He is the face. Because the idea is sure. that, like, he is legitimate and Buddy Landell is not. Sure. But at the same time, like, if 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 it's fucking him and Dusty, of course he's going to be the heel. It's just he has versatility at that point. It do- until the horsemen form, and then it's like he's always the heel. Yeah, that's when the Flair character is solidified for sure. Also, um, limousine riding and whatnot. He had nice suits in '83, but he didn't talk about him as much until '85. You know, he, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't reminding you how much it cost until then. Um, he doesn't start seeming like he operates a drug cartel, <laughs> which is yeah. always what I've described the Four Horsemen as. You know, you got like what's well, Vince? Vince was the one running a drug cartel. <laughs> uh, yeah, but sure. No, I, I I like that read on it, and you know, he's got he's got uh, his uh, his ladies too, of course. Yeah, and you, in the nineties, the. Uh, the Ric Flair is a pimp aspect of the horseman with woman and, and Liz and uh, Deborah, you know? Yeah. Uh, just like one on each arm. So good, which we're going to get to it in a second. Uh, Funk comes out blue poncho again, uh, flanked by a dozen cops and, you know, really has the aura of a proper former world champion. Um, and it feels huge already. And then Flair's entrance pyro raining from the ceiling and then two women on each side, four women join him and lock arms with him as he walks to the ring. On the way, he pulls away from these four women to kiss two completely random female fans on the lips on either side of the entryway. And, you know, he really doesn't have an ounce of the humility he showed backstage in the promo with Gordon. Like, 
he puts on it's like it's like the robes on it's it's like the I see the lights and you know what I gotta be I gotta be me my dick is me. coming out baby so I don't do a fun <laughs> I don't do a flare very good um, gonna work on that I just yell um, he's Terry Funk you son of a bitch I'm here fuck your that ass just up. sounds like you like that's I what you sound all like women. <laughs> It is hard to be chill with like you know four baddies on your arm. I guess he's he just it did just go out the out the window. I get mm-hmm. it. And pyro and all that. yeah makes sense. Um, so Funk as Flair gets in the ring, Funk sort of walks right past him and heads out. And I think he starts chatting up the ladies. Um, Flair rolls out and attacks him uh, on the floor, and there's punches and chops and bites. And then he gets in the ring and he struts and he dances. Um, the flare dancing is the best because <laughs> you know he does the strut but sometimes yeah. he'll he'll do the fast strut you know when he does like the hoo, 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 like the quick strut like oh, he's yeah. like really into it <laughs> it's uh sorry it's uh it's really incredible and funk on the floor is lifting the guardrail up and down and banging it on the ground and just making noise and shouting at people and being a prick <laughs> um he goes to the opposite side of the second ring there's two rings because it's war games um, and begins drawing with a member of the crowd over there when Flair comes off the apron with an elbow smash. Um, I spot Jason Hervey on the floor, of course. Did you sp- did you see him? I don't think I did. He was out there. Um, so Terry's on the floor still, uh, throws a chair in, and threatens some more fans. Finally gets in the ring, and uh, they start trading chops, and the chops here are on another level. of They're like so fucking good. Flair's always a harsh... Knife Edge Chop, that's why he's famous for it, but he's fucking throwing them. And Funk throws these, like, true Knife Edge, where he's not flattening the hand at all. Um, he's just hitting him with the, the edge of the arm. And then he's doing these, he's alternating to, like, Lucha Chops, too. Open hand, overhand chops. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's great. Terry bumps over the top. Um, and then Flair does another jumping elbow smash off the apron, which I assume is what Flair thinks babyface offense is. <laughs> Uh, but Funk sends him into the post and I assumed the blade was happening here uh, but it did not no no um, Funk with the punching great punches he's got a great headbutts. he's got a really nasty headbutt that looked very shoot um, at one point here and uh, I kept thinking okay well Flair's gonna come up bleeding now it's now um, and Funk gives him some insulting slaps uh, suplexes him back in from the apron and uh, JR says he twisted the neck they're, yeah. re- they're really on the neck business. Jim Ross and, uh, and Bob Cottle are just really trying to sell Flair's neck and and doing a good enough job. And Flair sells – I mean, F- Flair clearly doesn't know – I don't think he knows how to sell as a baby face. Not I think he really. Does a, he does a fine job, but it, it does feel like he's just like, is this what works? Like, his baby face selling is that he's, like, old and broken. He, he like, yells, not oh, old God, broken, a lot. He's aging and broken, but he's not old. Yeah. But he's not, like, he's aging and breaking, but he's not old and broken. Right, sure. Um, yeah, he yells, oh, God, to sell a couple moments, which is just a classic way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Funk goes for another suplex, but Flair's dead weight manages to escape, and Funk just punches him a bunch uh, after that. He's working Flair's neck over... And does these sort of uh, these chops to the back of the neck that were like Afa and Sika almost. They were like yeah. shitty Samoan chops from the seventies, but they look good. But they were like the technique was all wrong. 
Um, These weren't like Zeus's uh, back of the neck chops. Or no, nothing, where they're like borderline the mach- machine gun chops. Except right, there's, there's someone the back that's of a great, fucking neck. That's a great strike. This was more like uh, Baron Mikel Cicluna or something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> this is a Chief J Strongbow special. Um, yeah, so he's got uh, he, he Flair ends up on the apron, tries to suplex Funk over the top to the floor, but his neck isn't strong enough, and they both end up falling to the floor, and it's pretty frightful it's <laughs> it's not it's relatively gnarly yeah it's yeah good it's not a good bump but it is a scary thing that happens um and it feels dangerous match feels dangerous they feel like they want to kill each other for sure it's an extremely like hateful match i mean they've been, they've had a lot of build yeah but this is just the first time that they've actually locked up in a, uh, right. as part of this Right. So and they know, also, it, you know, Funk, Funk, or Flair, Flair is wrestling with the intensity that babyfaces usually didn't. Babyfaces were usually a lot more reserved in in uh, NWA, and I feel like you know, I mean, Sting is not reserved, but he's good. He's a good guy. He's not going to cheat. Flair feels intense. Flair feels like he will do whatever it takes. Yeah, which is you know, dirtiest player of the game, whatever. We know that going in, but it he proves it. Um. And then on the floor, they exchange. This is the hardest chops. The chops right here in this one section. This is another one of those great 10-second moments where they each give each other four or five chops, and then Flair rakes Funk's eyes, and then Funk counters with an eye poke of his own. And it's like a 10-second segment with just 10 of the hardest chops you've ever seen, and then it ends in them both poking each other in the eyes. (laughs) Fucking wrestling. Perfect. Um in the ring, Funk goes for the pile driver for the first time. Dump, uh, dumps, uh, Flair dumps him over, back body drop over the top to the floor, which is a bump that Funk took a lot. Um, it's a, a classic bump, the back body drop over the top to the floor. Yeah. Um, the Christian. Have you ever noticed that Christian takes, a, takes that move all the time? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's one of Christian's signature bumps. Um, ugly motherfucker. Oh, you ugly son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Flair mares him on the ground and does the action movie neck snap. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, God. That's very funny. He does it twice, and Coddle on the second one says, All right, try to unscrew it that time. Try to unscrew it, JR. (laughs) Coddle's one. I haven't listened to enough Coddle. I feel like we could do a Coddle easily. I don't think anybody's doing a Bob Coddle impersonation. Yeah. Um,. Flair is now fully working Funk's neck and revenge. Uh, Funk is down prone in the middle of the ring, doing some his, of his hilarious uh, gyrating. Yes. <laughs> he's selling, but he's selling, and he also seems to be uh, getting off, which is, you know, that's it's Terry Funk. <laughs> uh, Flair delivers three perfect knee drops and then a big pile driver, which sends Terry literally identical into the dance that Homer Simpson does in the last exit to Springfield episode. It's, it's, it, he does a fucking curly. It's great. <laughs> oh, is it a reference to the, to the, the... I think it's a curly, yeah. All right. Well, I was, I've, I've, we've been watching a lot of The Simpsons. I'm sure you'll be happy to know that, yeah. I, that I know Absolutely. things like that's from last exit to Springfield. Um, Flair hits another pile driver. Funk sells this one by standing up and falling backwards through the ropes. He's, and he crawls hands and knees up the entryway. Flair chases him down, drags him back, and Funk looks really sad and pathetic here. And the crowd's really into it. Um, Flair gives him a couple slaps. And he's really controlling it now. Um, 
It's fun. really selling the idea that Terry has bitten off way more than he can chew. Yeah. Which yeah. is he's not he hasn't been a full time wrestler and how long how God knows how long for some of these people I've been seeing him regularly uh wrestle. So it's like he this is like he's the he's the former champ, he's the great Terry Funk, but like he's not Ric Flair. Well, so and the, but they do don't. But also, Ric Flair is not Ric Flair right now. Rick, no. This is like a this is a new Ric Flair. Like he's like he's doing things and like you know, Ric Flair the heel would have three other guys helping him do this much damage. He, ex- he exists with a different kind of resolve. Yeah, it's it's and and they love it. The crowd is all over it. Um, super over his baby face. And he does this, oh, oh yeah, Funk gets a couple of little shots in, but Flair bounces off the ropes, comes back with a big jumping forearm like he's Hiroshi Tanahashi or something. <laughs> it's like a New Japan modern baby face elbow cutoff, you know? It look, yeah, it looks great. It looks like it could have been on Dynamite last night, <laughs> you know, in all four matches, multiple times. Um, Flair gets the figure four, and then this is where I believe Gary Hart slides the branding iron in and then distracts from the other side of the ring. I'm not yes. really sure. Yeah, yeah, he gets Tommy Young's attention. Yeah, Tommy Young. We'll talk about Tommy Young in a second. Um, so Funk could hit him on the head with the branding iron, which breaks the hold and also, of course, breaks the skin of the forehead of the Nature Boy. Um, and at this point, Flair does one, uh, just an incredible lightning fast gig job that I was looking for, expecting. And I didn't rewind or anything, but I didn't spot it. I don't know where he did it. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't either. It's it didn't great. feel off. It, it Cameron didn't, didn't cut like away off. either. He's just doing it. Maybe yeah. he did it before the shot. Maybe it was. Maybe he did it in the figure four. You know, maybe it was in midair as he flew into the, <laughs> the ring post. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So all right, here we go. Uh, Funk hits the first pile driver. Uh, folds or F- Funk hits a pile driver. Folds Flair up really bad. A lot worse than Funk folded up on the ones he took from Flair. Yeah. Um, and on the floor, Funk is pulling up the pads. He's going to pile drive Flair on the concrete. And he's trying to yank Flair out of the ring by his hair. And for no fucking good reason, dumb bitch Tommy Young, a god-awful referee who always had to try and get himself over at the expense of the wrestlers, comes over and grabs former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Terry Funk by the hair. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like shouting. And then Terry takes a second. Terry's like, he like kind of turns and he kind of realizes what happens. And then he gives this clown the most violent fucking shove. (laughs) Tommy Young basically flies out of the frame. Is that, that's after, uh, it's a pin attempt, I think, by Flair on Funk, where he does his like reverse baseball slide over and like, He's not expecting the cameraman to be there. Oh, no. And he, and he starts bitching out the cameraman. I missed that. That's awesome. Yeah. Tommy Young sucks. Yeah, he gets thrown out of the out of the frame, and I assume he is busting his ass and being laughed at by the fans. As he, <laughs> I would hope, at least. Um, and then Flair manages to reverse the pile driver on the concrete by hitting a back body drop, where Funk takes a, a happy little bump onto three layers of pads. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Funk then does a move of some kind off of the apron and kind of overshoots Flair on the floor. But then his knee kind of connects with the ear of Flair. And this is where Flair yells, Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if, I don't know if something got fucked up there, if that was what was supposed to happen. I'm not really too concerned about it because it's really funny when Ric Flair yells, Oh God. Um, And then Funk hits three neck breakers. Does that sound right? I think that sounds right. I like the match. I like the progression of any match where they're just like, I'm going to hit the same move three times. And that's, that'll do it. This yeah, is fuck what's you. Good. King's Road. And they'll right? do it again. But, you know, it's the greatest. 
Um, and it's a neckbreaker. It's a move literally called neckbreaker. You know, it's, it's gotta it's gotta work. <laughs> it's gonna work. It's gotta do three of them. Fuck. He's only got one neck. You're gonna hit him with three neckbreakers. Save those two for two other guys. I say, Terry. <laughs> um, the odds are going drastically up. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Uh, there's no way that the Atlanta Falcons could lose this game. <laughs> Uh, Funk seems to be obsessed with making Flair quit and isn't pinning him. And I think Gary Hart's telling him to pin him, or maybe Gary Hart's the one telling him to try to make him quit. Because this now becomes a thing where Funk wants to make Ric Flair quit or submit. Um, Funk punches him a bunch of times, and the punches look great on the bloody Flair hair. And of course, nobody's ever bled like Ric Flair. I watched, man, I watched, uh... Capital Combat, 90, and he has that cage match with Sting, or with Luger, excuse me. Yeah. His, the the bloody hair. This is, the, it, it's, it's a, immortal, it's immortal. And I, I you know, I, he got it from other people, obviously. There were other people before him, bleach blonde hair, bleeding through their hair, but nobody ever did it as good as him. He's, the, he's just, he's, it's so good at it. It looks so scary. I remember being a kid and being like, that's not, that's not right. I'd seen Hogan bleed, you know, um, at like Mania Five or whatever. But like, yeah. I I would see a picture of Ric Flair in a magazine or like a clip on TBS that they'd show the pay per view, and they would like make it black and white, and I'd be like, "This is insane." With disguise of maniacal <laughs> energy too. And he's yeah. He's, oh, and then Mania Mania Eight cutting the promo after when he's all bloody. Yeah, like I just I was like, this guy's an absolute maniac. This is this is not the wrestling I <laughs> I know I, I know or understand, you know, like being a WWF kid. Um, God, I fucking love Ric Flair. Um, he gets the branding iron. Flair manages to get the branding iron uh, here and wallops Terry. Um, and on the floor, he sends Terry into the post, which Terry sells the Terry way by leaning full dead weight against the post. <laughs> Like this whatever, sucks. whatever I just ran into is going to be my friend for a minute while I recover. Um, and now Funk is busted over the left eyebrow. And I was going to say earlier, Funk always his his blood is always on half of his face. It's not always the same half, but it seems like he always cuts over the eyebrow and has a profile one side blood, other side clean. And I've never really noticed this until just now. Until watching yeah. these matches. I don't think of him as a crimson mask guy. He like doesn't that. do a mask. He doesn't cut in the middle. He cuts on the sides. Yeah, cut like over the Or uh, or the, the ear. He blades his ear in the you know, the fucking funks and uh funks versus Sheik and Abby match um that we covered, right? Didn't we yeah. But yeah, we are we assumed he bladed his ear, maybe it was hard way, we couldn't tell. <laughs> but anyways, there's a there's a uh an asymmetry to the, the way he does it. Um and I think that's cool. Um, he's, uh, back in and we get one of the all time high level 10 count punch combos in the corner. Um, with again, here's stupid fucking Tommy young. All right. This is great. So the 10 punch count in the corner, right? You, the guys in the corner, you stand yep. over him, you punch him 10 times while the crowd counts along and it's the great, it's pro wrestling and it's most essential and primal and, and fun. Yeah. Um, and carny. Um, and stupid Tommy Young stands outside the ring on the apron 
right by them and starts counting like a five count. Like he's going to disqualify Flair if he doesn't stop. So while he's doing this, Ric Flair's doing these punches so fast that the blood is flying off Terry's head and off of Rick's fist. And it's, it starts getting all over Tommy Young, who begins reacting as a person who, if they were a fucking dickhead, who was suddenly splashed with blood in the face, that's what they... He like acts like a cat who got wet. It's so fucking funny. And he got just what he deserved. <laughs> Go over there. Go over there. I'm almost done. You want an Oreo cookie? I can get you Oreo. Um, okay. Um, so Terry takes like three steps forward off of that and then just has a seat, which is the great, the great Terry Funk cell is just like, I'm going to sit, <laughs> you know? Um, it's really the greatest falling on his ass. I said it on Twitter, but um, there's no high spot in the world as exciting to me as Terry Funk just falling on his ass. Um, the greatest wrestler of all time. Yep. Um, so he's covered in blood now. Flair attacks with punches and chops. Uh, Flair goes to the opposite corner and runs in for a big flying knee that misses. This is where Terry gets the toehold, um, which reminds JR, or which re- JR reminds us is how he won the world title from Jack Fresco. <laughs> of course. Um, and then Rick counters, picks the leg, goes for figure four of his own. Terry grabs the inside cradle, which then Flair manages to reverse into a cradle of his own. And their limbs are tied up in weird ways, and it looks it's a it's a great finish. Um, it's a great great finish because it looks confused. It looks like neither of them are fully sure. If I, am I on top? Are you on top? What are we doing? Um, hang on, you talk for a sec. And you know, like, and it's a great uh, you know way to cover. You know, you know, both guys are protected. Obviously, you need to protect Terry because. The build, the like, the the build is for the fucking Clash Champions. It's like it's getting that TBS uh, viewership up, uh, and but the match isn't over. Obviously, like the match is over. Rick well, Flair the match won. is over. Yeah. Well, no, the fight isn't over. So the match is over, right? Clearly, Flair gets the win, retains the NWA World Title, and that's the end of the episode. It's the end of the show. Yep. So Gary Hart runs in and gets laid out with this incredible flare punch. And Gary Hart takes this fucking wonderful bump. He kicks his legs out and his like dress pants and shirt are like a little, maybe like a size too big. So it looks like the air is flapping through the head, <laughs> like his clothes as he takes this bump. And it's great. Gary, Gary Hart was a good wrestler too, as far as I understand before I think injuries made him turn into a manager. Uh, yeah. Plane crash. Oh, he was in the plane crash. The, with, different the... plane crash, different plane crash. Oh, he was, he was in the one with Big Bopper? This is the one with Austin <laughs> Idol and uh, where Bobby Shane does. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. This is uh, in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> God, Gary Hart uh, gets laid out, and then Muda comes in, great Muda, uh, who sprays the green poison mist into Flair's face. They beat on Flair, and then Tommy Young comes in. Gary Hart grabs Tommy Young by the collar and just flings him through the rope like he's fucking Ryback or something. Yeah, just like, <laughs> like it's... out of here. <laughs> uh, and then Funk grabs for a pile driver on the chair, right? And Jr. says, "Oh God, this will snap his neck. This will break Flair's neck." Like he's like really concerned, you know. And the yeah. crowd is chanting, "We want Sting. We want Sting." And in comes not Sting, but Doug Dillinger, the head of security. <laughs> Looking so fucking backland. <laughs> yeah. With zero of the credibility, but all of the look. Yeah. Um, 
And <laughs> he shouts the famous line that we've talked about on the show before. As Doug Dillinger gets a single karate chop and a spinning heel kick from Muda, JR shouts the famous line, Dillinger's a civilian! Which I remember watching the show when I was like, I don't know, 10 and being like, who the fuck is this guy? And then like I was watching like um, Nitro the next day and they were like, there's head of security, Doug Dillinger. And I was like, wait, that's the same guy? And that motherfucker had a job for life. He did. He did. This would have been like 98, 99 that I <laughs> would have been renting Great American Bash 89 on VHS from Blockbuster. Um yeah, he's a he's a civilian. Um, Sting finally makes it in, and it's House of Fire. Funk is swinging his windmill shots, and Muda and Sting, or uh, Muda and Flair, excuse me, Muda and Funk overpower Sting eventually, and then Flair comes in with basically a V trigger, like a flying knee. Yeah, <laughs> like really, like almost a Busaiku or whatever the hell. Very it's almost cat like. It's almost the knee that'd be John Cena. It's not far off. Um, and then eventually the two brawls convene and they switch back to the regular partners. Flair and Sting stand tall in Baltimore and it's over, right? Half of Flair's face is covered in red. The other half is covered in green. Um, Funk, of course, as we've now discussed it, his perfect one side blade job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then Muda tries to slide in and gets cut off. Funk then throws a chair in the ring. This thing should be over. It feels like it's over, but Funk throws a chair in the ring and it hits the world title belt out of Flair's hand and it might have been over but Flair gets like pissed and he goes out and he just starts fucking nailing Funk in the face and chopping him and and then they fight their way up the entryway and it's Flair the baby face and he's just fucking hot he's had enough I'm trying to break my fucking neck you know yep um yeah and it, it does it honestly it feels like it could go on all night it just keeps going they back him up they back the heels up the ramp uh, Flair is swinging the world title around like Brody would swing a chain. Yeah, like it's it's nuts. Um, and then it's it's over, right? We cut to Jr. and Coddle, and they're gonna they're gonna close the show. And then suddenly, Muda and Flair behind them fighting. <laughs> just all it's just like an uncontrollable like fight. It's great. It it goes on comically long. Like it almost feels like a a comedy sketch at a certain point. Yeah. Um. Flair gets the branding iron and beats the shit out of JTEX until they run off. Um, and JR and Cottle are ready to be done. JR says, boy, my pipes have just about had it. Uh, and then we cut to the ramp again. And now Sting has the velvet rope and he's whipping Funk with it. He's choking Muda. Um, and, then, and then that's when it's finally over. <laughs> Flair and Flair makes Sting come over for his promo and says, I haven't said thank you in 10 years. Thank you, pal. He says pal like four times in this promo, yeah. which is like like he just saw Wall Street or something. Yeah. He's trying to imitate Gordon Gecko. Well, he's, he's already uh, he's he's negotiating the deal with Vince. Vince says pal a lot. Um, uh, he's already planning on taking that belt to the New York territory. Um, Sting looks hilarious also uh, here. With his, <laughs> yeah, with like just a little bit of makeup. A little paint. face faint around the eyes, basically. Yeah. Yeah, thousand, like he'd thousand island stare, and it was like, oh, oh shit, I gotta go down that. Oh, I might as well not wipe it out right now. Oh, fuck well, fuck. he thought he was gonna run in and save Flair, and that was gonna be the end of the show. He didn't know all this other stuff was gonna happen because no one did. Because it wasn't gonna happen until 
Funk threw that chair in there and pissed Flair off. <laughs> I'm quite sure. I'm quite sure that the entire reason this happened is because Funk was a little crazy at the end, and Flair was like, "All right, let's keep going." Um, it was great for it was great for the program. Yeah, and then yes, they have the rematch at Clash um, in what town is that in? Albany. Albany. Okay, I was thinking it was Philadelphia for whatever reason. Um, and uh, and that's a great match too. And I'm gonna watch it like probably later because I've. I got it on my mind. Sounds like a good idea. Um, Terry Funk is the greatest wrestler of all time. And this is Terry Funk at kind of his peak a decade in a way. It's sort of, you get like, this is when you get him transforming from uh, the great athlete into uh, like the, the, like the la like the last dog uh, in the yard. Just like, like, Riving and try and like begging, like doing everything he can to keep from going down. And then you know he's just going to keep being getting crazier and getting weirder looking and leaner. And he's just also going to be Terry Funk though. He's just going to keep kicking ass. Well, but by the end of the decade, he turns to pure evil. That's that's what happens to him. And the only yeah. way for him to redeem himself in the nineties is to do things like backflip off the top rope to the floor and. Fly yeah, and, into, and and explode and fire explode. yeah so that's what it is you know the 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 japan deathmatch run and all of that and ecw 97 is penance for the the sins he committed here you know in the 80s a decade where a lot of people committed a lot of sins <laughs> um and yeah and we will do another what's what's do you have an idea for our next terry funk episode that we do in six-ish months probably i'm not sure i think maybe we go 90s yeah, we could do '90s. We haven't done a lot of Terry in the '90s, really, aside from like the some of the it's Japan, just Japan stuff. It's we haven't we done haven't any, done anything of him no, in the U.S. So that's yeah, like there's no ECW. There, there's no um, that we haven't done the dumpster match. We haven't done uh, any of like the, the Joel Glidhart, uh yes, stuff, right? And then, like I said, that fucking Abdullah and Kamala match. I'm dying to watch it. I might watch. Yeah, it. I might watch it later. I forgot about the that the, that he and uh, Foley teamed against. Fucking uh, Eddie Gilbert and Stan Lane at yeah. the Catholic high school that is literally like like less than a mile from me. Oh, I didn't realize that. That so I I just put that on a playlist. I've got a Terry Funk playlist. I've been saving, um, and I have never seen that match. It's one camera. It looks pretty watchable though. I think yeah. it, I think it's I think it would. I mean you know a single shot handheld or whatever. But it's not a handheld. It's on a tripod. I feel like so it's it's good view. I don't yeah, know. I haven't, uh, yeah. I haven't watched a, a fan cam shot thing in a very long time. No, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you know, the era of the Lucha Indies on one cell phone. I mean, I don't, that's a different thing. I don't count that as the same thing. <laughs> um, that's a new that's a new form of media, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, so, all right. So Terry Funk died and uh, we are. You know, it's sad, but like I like we said with Bray, um, Terry Funk died. You know, it was just like, oh fuck, let's watch, let's let's watch some Terry let's Funk matches. Let's eulogize the like the greatest, yeah, the, the champ. We don't need to cry for this guy. He he lived. He capital L lived, and I fucking I, I cannot believe how how much every every one of every era that he worked in also is different, and they every single bit of it holds up. Um, this is a nine, this motherfucker had nine lives. He really did. Yeah, yeah, he had nine different careers basically, um, and I can't wait to watch some more. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Um, follow us on uh, the X app, at Touching Blood. Um, do not follow us on TikTok, as we have been apparently permanently banned, despite that video getting a content strike on it. And then I, I don't know if I was, was I supposed to delete it? Probably. I, it was gone, though. I couldn't, I, I, I don't know. Anyways, I, I got three strikes on the same video from Fight TV, and they took a, the account away. So Chuck Persons Echo Slams Volume 1 will have to come back later. Um, follow us on Instagram, Wrestling is Gross. Blue Sky, sky. Wrestling is Gross. Dot Blue Sky. Oh, Did you know. change the it to like any 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 like silly gimmick name or not? You have to register a domain to do that. You can't just do that. I don't know how the fuck that works. Yeah, you have to you have to have a domain. You can't just do that. I'll <laughs> um, see about that. I mean, I have seen about that. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a bad fucking site. It sucks. I don't want to be there. I don't want to do Blue Sky. I don't want to do any of this shit. I can't believe I got fucking banned from TikTok. I didn't do anything wrong. I, the whole fucking thing sucks. I don't want to do. TV, I don't want to do any. TV. I I hate the promoting part of it. I hate all of it. I just wish people would listen and and say say nice things to me, but they don't, and they won't. Well, they do, but they won't. They do listen. This is about the art. We're about the art. Yeah. Well. About about the fun. I just I I I found that out yesterday. It pissed me off. Um, because I was gonna make a I was gonna make a TikTok video of uh. Nasty boy Brian Knobs saying that he wants to dedicate the match to his nasty dad. <laughs> but then I couldn't do it because I was permabanned. So I guess that's what being a good poster will get you. Um, wrestling is gross at gmail.com. Um, if you have suggestions or requests, just ask. Go ahead, dude. Because like, yeah. we have some plans, but I am looking for. I want to know what people want to hear. I like having inspiration uh, strike out of people, you know, and then it comes it comes back to us, and it's like that's a good idea. I hadn't thought about that in a while. Yeah, we'll validate each other this way. That's what friends yeah. do. Um, not to say you know you're listening, you're a friend of ours, but if you are, and if you're if you're not, and you'd like to be, just come say hi. Yeah, I gotta get the Discord rolling again. Maybe that's the thing. Can't get banned from Discord, right? <laughs> Yeah, do some real shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, Fight folks, TV can't get you fucking banned from Discord. True, true. Um, fuck Fight TV. Um, and uh, Death to America. Yeah, Death to Fight TV. Death to Fight TV. Um, and we'll be back in a week and a half ish. With the, yeah, something like that soon. With the first McMahon show. We're 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 here on a roll, baby. I you know I I decided this is my this is my great idea. Um, it's a it's a charting the the in ring specifically. We're not you know we're doing the the matches the the McMahon family project charting the in ring careers of Vince Shane Stephanie and occasionally son in law Paul Paul aka Triple H. Um, it's a it's a multi part series. His wife Linder. <laughs> she never worked any matches. I don't think so. No, um, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, but if she did, we'll find it. Maybe we could. Maybe she worked the Indies. <laughs> oh, you ever see Linda work Japan? She used to do Hurricane Ronas. <laughs> yes. Anyways, it's a multi part. Linda going sixty with Toyota. That's right. That's right. Um, it's a multi part series so stupid that only I could come up with it. Um, no one has ever decided to break down what a good wrestler Vince McMahon is. So 
We're going to do mean, that. He is one of the greatest performers of uh, all time. Absolutely. Um, he's a horrible piece of shit, and he, he you know, without him. The duality him, of man. Without him, wrestling might not still exist, but also, if it did, it'd probably be a lot better. You know, there's a, it's that's the thing. We're not going to, like, go deep on what Vince McMahon yeah, means. Yeah, I mean... Vin, Vince McMahon is a Nietzschean figure in the classic sense, but also he's a guy who liked saying, what a maneuver, and did a lot of steroids, and uh, choked his uh, daughter out with a baseball bat uh, mm. in a fake wrestling match, but also it, because of his real uh, incest fantasies. That's right, folks. So we're going to get into that, and we'll see you there. Crush leaves. <laughs> <laughs>